Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Sisters of the Leaf, coming to you live once again from, well, all over the fucking place, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Tonight the boys congregate once again via live video, thanks coronavirus, you giant asshole, to talk about the brand spanking new horror film, Host, while smoking the CAO Session Cigar, paired with a plethora of tasty craft beers. See what they did here? A film based entirely in a Zoom session, paired with a cigar called The Session. Don't try this level of cigar pairing mastery at home, folks. These drunken numbnuts are professionals, after all. Which makes the fact that my checks keep bouncing even that much more suspicious. Anywho, it sounds like we're in store for one hell of a good time, folks. So sit back, light them up, and enjoy the show. Oh, boys. And uh, I hate to say this, but these kids are driving me bananas, boys. And I hate to say that, but I'm lucky in that my family, especially my children, are healthy and safe with, you know, the pandemic and everything else going on. I Yes. No reason to bitch. But after being locked down at house at the house with them for almost six months straight, 24-7, I'm just telling you three straight up, I'm about to lose my goddamn mind. It's just, uh, and I feel so bad saying that out loud because they're my kids, but I, I, I have this ingrained thing where like, we're just not supposed to exist this way together. <laughs> but then in a moment the other day, a kind of down moment where I was feeling sorry for myself, I call those every night. Uh, I started thinking about, I was like, well, dude, like in the 1800s, families were together constantly. All the time. They worked on the farm together. They worked in the fields together. They homeschooled together. Then they ate every meal together. Slept together. Slept in this, these tiny cabins on top of each other. Well, not West Virginia style, but separate little beds in the in the cabin. And I'm just like, dude, 
this was a this was the only life they knew and you never saw those dads i bet they didn't you know they weren't bitching about oh i never get a break i never get it was just the way it was so man up but then i also thought i was like yeah but the life expectancy of the average <laughs> dude back then was like 50 years old and i bet he was okay with it i was just thinking i was like did they check out around 40 i like 45 it's like dude you're dying it's like okay don't forget to milk the cows sign our motherfucker i'm out like they're totally they're totally good with it, you know. So it's it's kind of different, but still, I I, I feel awful saying that. Uh, so there you're gonna be lying on your deathbed and you be like, oh, I've got so much to live for, but then you're gonna look over at your family. And, well, I, I guess this is okay. I can I can deal with I, it now. I had a good run. <laughs> uh, I love my I love my kids. I really I really do. I hope I live for a very very long time. I guess I should say that. But it doesn't help, too, that I'm sunburned to a fucking crisp. I, my face not so bad, but, dude, we went swimming the other day, and I, my shoulders, my back are, like, completely just burnt to a crisp. So I'm already agitated all the fucking time, and now I'm just – my attitude towards life is completely fucking worse. Question, Yaks. I'll go Yaks. You're a resident science expert. Just go with that. Have we ever considered – the sun brings us this miserable five months of miserable, insufferable heat every summer in Texas. I can't walk to my yes. mailbox without being drenched in sweat. It burns our skin like fried chicken if we're out, you know, exposed to it for so long. Have scientists ever postulized about sending like a thousand nuclear warheads up to the sun and just blowing the shit out of it? I mean, what does it really do for us besides causes problems well the short answer is it does everything for us and also a thousand nuclear warheads would do nothing considering that it is just a giant nuclear ball it would hit it and it wouldn't even know it i mean that's what we decided to do with all of our nuclear warheads in the superman movie he took them all up in the space chunked them at the sun but but you know Maybe it might send a message like, dude, just tone it down a little bit. And I think from Superman, they, when they, the, all the nukes hit the sun, it just went, just, it didn't do anything. <laughs> it's like dropping a pail of water in the ocean thinking you're going to drown the ocean. Okay. Well, I hadn't really thought it through. That's why I went to our resident science expert. Yax, do you want that title for no one? I can live with it. I mean, <laughs> I think the doctor was upset I didn't go to him for a science question. He got up and left. He's gone. He's. Uh, well, and and apparently you also said this is why I went to you that the sun also does some good things for us that I'm just not aware of. Uh, it does everything for us. If it wasn't there, we would be dead. It doesn't take and... care. Of, it doesn't take care of my kids during the day. It doesn't make them macaroni and cheese and peanut butter jelly sandwiches every two hours if the sun disappeared in about eight minutes the temperature would start to fall and within 24 hours it would be freezing everywhere on the planet i like cold weather sorry about that the kind of freezing where you don't live oh like dinosaur freezing right okay and because we are as cool as the dinosaurs, we wouldn't turn into oil in a million years for some other society to use. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll do that some other way. But we <laughs> start you, future society. 
we started the show off, we learned two things. I love my family, and the sun is necessary for us right now. we got to have that thing around. And speaking of sons, you sons of bitches, welcome to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club episode 121. Is that right? 121, I believe so. Or is it 122? No, it's 121. And we're coming in hot. That goes yeah. back to something. You guys do it actually okay? is. It's like 106 degrees, no, 105 degrees today. Oh, Lord. Unfair. Look, it's hot. I don't know why we have to keep repeating a number that just keeps increasing. <laughs> uh, you guys do, You guys doing okay? Better, Better now. Better now. Me too, guys. Me too. Uh, and not just because I'm away from my family to do the show. I, I'm genuinely <laughs> happy to be with you three boys. <laughs> Every two weeks to have some fun, and uh, we're going to have a good one tonight. Uh, Yak Boy, O'Brien's Irish Pub in downtown Historic Temple, Texas, is open for business. Man, I got the music kicking already. I've already seen their lineup. You yes. We are you, very uh, happy. You got live music on the weekends. All people have to do is go in, order some food, and, and start drinking, and they're guaranteed a good time. You give that guarantee every person that walks in the door. And we do all of our best to, to meet the guidelines and keep people safe with the face masks and the sanitizing and the sitting and the non-interacting. I bet picking a chick up at a bar right now is pretty challenging. With, with the Not whole really. With the whole mask on thing. Dude, ugly dudes have a much better chance these days. Just make sure you got pretty eyes. God, if, you, if you're just butt ugly but have some... Cade-esque, Matt Cade, blue eyes. You're rolling, baby. You're rolling. I don't, I, I don't think that's how it works, but, you know. I just wanted – I could tell the doctor was about to say that, so I wanted to be into it. I wasn't going to say that, actually. Uh, well, you know what, guys? Old friends, even with the current pandemic we're all facing, and even with social distancing, ideally in full effect across most of the nation, this great nation of ours, I'm sure everyone out there is doing the right thing. People still want to get married for some reason. And quite a few people who I know personally that have gotten married over the last six months since the pandemic has hit, they've been getting married in these very small, intimate ceremonies that literally, you know, they have only like their parents and a few groomsmen and bridesmaids and the minister and that's it. Um, It's such a different you know, seeing pictures from these weddings, it's such a different scene than the, the usual giant hubbubaloo that you usually see with these weddings. So that makes selecting a special gift for those special dudes in your life on your special day all that more important. You know who I'm talking about. The dudes that are willing to potentially be infected by a mysterious illness that the scientific community still knows really jack shit about. These stand-up dudes who give a big middle finger to possible long-term side effects and a permanent loss of taste and smell because all they care about on that special day is you. And why? Well, it's simple, friends. Because their love for you is stronger than their fear of living two months or more on a breathing ventilator, you handsome son of a bitch. Or maybe they're just excited about the idea of not having to wait in line at a free bar. Who knows with your buddies? Whatever the case may be, I have just the gift that will make any of your most treasured friends feel as if they are truly treasured by you on your wedding day. Boys, you are looking at the Stogie Stasher Humidor. 
from our good friends over at GroovyGuyGifts.com. Tut? GroovyGuyGifts.com. GroovyGuyGifts.com. From the website's description, we learn this about the Stogie Stasher. If you're on YouTube, check this uh, the Matt Cade square out, and you can <laughs> see this bad boy for your own eyes. The art of the cigar comes with culture and breeds an ambiance that draws us men in. It's rich, it's hearty, it's manly. Treat your guy to a humidor that will protect his stash of cigars. Personalize it with the name of your choice, and this custom humidor is one he will be excited to use for years to come. This is no ordinary humidor. It will glow with the beautiful light of tobacco when opened. Check this out. What's up? Is that glowing? Damn, that's glowing. Let me take the uh, Bovita pack out here. Is that glowing? Yeah, that is glowing in there. I like it. Are we good, Jules? Oh, yeah. Oh. We're good. You can personalize the Stogie Stasher Humidor with two lines of up to 15 characters per line. I did Tuesday Night Cigar Club. I actually needed a additional humidor for my Blind Man's Puff review cigars I do for that website. I've been keeping them in a Ziploc bag. Uh, so That's pretty cool. I had them whip this up. You can put your guy's name on one line, or you can add a second line, too. It's up to you. GroovyGuyGifts.com engraves this baby for you and gets it out to you in about two weeks' time. Plenty of time for your special day. Here's the details. It's got a burl finish. Does that look like a nice burl finish to you, Yagboy? It does look like a nice burl finish. Glossy. It's lined with Spanish cedar, which all uh, – any – Humidor that's not is a is a joke in the cigar world. Internal locking hinges, glistening nice, in the nice. studio lights. It measures nine inches wide, eight and a half deep, and two and a half height. That's what she said. And the capacity is twenty cigars. Uh, I got about fifteen in here uh, that the blind puff guys sent me with uh, space for humidification. Threw a couple of bovitas in there, and we were all set. It's a very handsome little piece. And you can get that uh, right now at the website. What was that website, Todd? GroovyGuyGifts.com. GroovyGuyGifts.com for $49.99. $49.99. And these days you can only have like two groomsmen. So 100 bucks, you're done. <laughs> and actually, they'll, they'll pretty like that. They like that. It's maybe not a bad idea to get married now. You save your ass a lot of money. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so before you say I do at the altar in front of 10 or less of the most important people in your life, head on over to groovyguygifts.com and pick up a humidor. They have a several nice pieces other than the stogie stash stasher to choose from. They have engraved flask sets, engraved cigar cutters, knives, lighters, ashtrays, you name it. And I'll bet groovyguygifts.com has it. How fucking groovy is that? Very groovy. What's that link one more time? GroovyGuyGifts.com. There you go. So, uh, Doctor, nice little humidor, huh? Pretty nice, yeah. Um, okay. Well, moving on to show business, as you folks know, every episode. Uh, what do we do, Yak Boy? <laughs> we do four things. Wait, that's too many. Three things. Three things. One, we have a hopefully delicious premium cigar paired with a hopefully delicious craft beer Mm -hmm. all set 
to an enjoyable cinematic jewel. Hopefully. Hopefully. Well, let's get the beers out of the way first this week, boys, so we can dig right into the cigars and the movie. Let's talk briefly about what everyone's drinking. Usually, as you longtime listeners and watchers of the show will know, we drink the same beer here in the corner of No Hope, where I'm uh, stationed. But due to the pandemic, the coronavirus, we're uh, separated all in separate corners of Central Texas, and we're on charge of finding our own beers for the show. So um, let's start with the doctor tonight. Yak Boy, what is the doctor drinking? The good doctor is drinking the 90 shilling ale from Odell Brewing. Hey, we, had Odell, we had their uh, Mountain Mountain Standard IPA. Mountain, Mountain Standard IPA last episode. Yes, it was quite delicious. Uh, the 90 shilling is a, a ale, a red ale. Uh, has a 5.3% ABV, Looks 27 pretty. IBUs, which fits right in with your standard red ale. Uh, Odell Brewing uh, started back in uh, 1989. Uh, in the wonderful city of Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, they are well-known uh, and are uh, quite large now uh, over time with uh, increasing their capacity and, and, and making fine beers. They are the uh, 34th largest craft brewery in the U.S. And considering how what it takes to be a large craft brewer, when we think craft, we think micro, but their beers are all across the U.S. That's that's impressive. And uh, if you guys knew this, Fort Collins, Colorado, was founded and named after uh, Dynasty, Dynasty star Joan Collins. I don't believe that's accurate. Look, I was just tired of you guys knowing everything, all right? Got to agree with the doctor. I mean, now that you said it, I kind of wish it was. That would be kind of cool. Could it have been founded by Seventh Heaven actor Stephen Collins? I doubt that as well. I don't want to. Denver Broncos quarterback Kerry Collins? Well, that's now now you're just being ridiculous. Now you're just making fun of me, Ted. Okay, uh, Doctor, are you enjoying the beer? I'm the, I personally, I'll just say it. I'm not a fan of red ales. So this is a nice, smooth, even taste. Uh, there really isn't anything remarkable about it, but maybe with the low IBU and a 5.3 ABV, that's to be expected. Uh, I, we're kind of reaching that time of the year where a cold beer is going to have positive merit no matter what, unless it really tastes like piss. Um, this, this has got a, I'll say it again, nice, even taste, but nothing really remarkable. Nothing jumps out about it. Okay. I can see a lot of these going down on a hot day. Um, what about this? Instead of a thousand nuclear warheads, what if we sent, sh- fired off a million cans of cold beer into the sun as like a peace offering, blasted the sun with delicious beer and been like, dude, can you just tone it down like 20 degrees? I don't think you can ask the sun questions. I don't believe it's a sentient being, but uh, maybe you should be our resident science expert. Well, I didn't you want to say that title. I thought I was. That, that's why you got up and walked off earlier. I knew it. Uh, there is a movie tie-in, and I normally don't make those. And no, this is a, no I, this I don't. Be one of the best, but 90 Shilling 
Shilling was an old uh, measure of currency in uh, ye old England, which is, I believe, where the tonight's movie takes place at, because six uh, of the seven speaking characters are British. It is the UK. Uh, I don't even, Doctor, I, because you're not smoking the cigar, I kind of give you a pass on the pairing thing. Well done, for my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. And congratulations on being named our new resident science expert. Uh, well, wow. Hey, I'm number one. <laughs> Oh, I forgot. I don't know if it, is it, is it this one. There we go. All right. Uh, let's talk about you, Yak Boy. I'm going to go right to you, big guy. I love you. What are right you to me. What are you drinking? Well, from the wonderful Real Ale Brewery, I am drinking the Devil's Backbone. Ah, doing a horror movie tonight? Stepping up with the Devil's Backbone, which I believe we have featured on the show before. Yes, we have. We have. Yeah. It is quite delicious. It is a Belgian uh, triple style. Uh, it's 8.1%. Whoa. Watch out for this guy tonight. Yeah. Uh, only 35 IBUs. I figured looking at the cigar, I would try and not go, you know, hop crazy. Tone it down a little bit for that, but I was like, if you're going to go down on one, you got to go up on the other. That's science. Science expert. Are you guys are you guys are a team. You guys that, are going to be a team. That is science. I'm not going to be like Trump who gets like changes his uh, science guys every two days. You guys are going to work together because the more educated opinions I get, the more educated opinions I can give. That's leadership. <laughs> Well, yes. Uh, Real <laughs> Ale founded in Blanco, Texas back in 1996, the glorious 90s, uh, in the wonderful, beautiful Texas Hill Country. Uh, oh, they're gorgeous. most well-known, of course, for their, their flagship beer, Fireman's Four Blondale, which is quite delicious. Do they do our beloved Hans Pills? Yes, they do. Yes, that, is, they, that they, might be my top three all-time summertime beers. Oh yeah, no, Hans Pills is it's the shit. Yeah, it is the shit. Uh, are you enjoying it? As I, I believe, we actually did that for you folks at home way back in 2015, episode 16. Ironically enough, another very very popular horror movie that everyone was talking about at the time. That was our It Follows episode. Oh yeah, oh. and we got like into that, a bunch, that was a good movie. We got into a bunch of uh, juicy film, deep film discussion about It Follows. So maybe the, maybe it's a good sign, yeah. Maybe we're going to get into some good shit tonight. Uh, but in the meantime, I guess we have to talk about what Tut's drinking. Oh no! You don't have to. Cody froze up on us. Welcome to the world of Zoom podcasting. Uh, and it looks like he's still zoomed, froze. So, uh, Tut, why don't you tell us what you're drinking tonight? Um, I actually including, have including brewery information when they were founded. I want it all. Give it to me. Um, I'm drinking the <laughs> Meta Modern. He doesn't even know what he's IPA. drinking. Oh, you can't say the name of the beer. Uh, actually, I I didn't look at it, any of this. Uh, it's the Meta Modern Session IPA. 
Uh, let's see. It's from the Oasis Brewing Company right here in Austin, Texas. Okay. Uh, registers, registers in at a 4.5 ABV with a 45 IBU. Uh, the Oasis Brewing Company is, uh, like I said, here in Austin, beautiful Austin, Texas, is the uh, Texas Hill Country, and they had a pretty can. And I'm sure you went with it as a session beer because we're smoking the session cigar tonight. And we are a podcast talking about a Zoom or a we're a Zoom meeting talking about a Zoom meeting, which, which is, is meta as fuck. It is meta as fuck. We are doing a Zoom podcast about a movie that's filmed entirely in the world of a Zoom meeting. Uh, that's a double pairing you just did with that beer, my friend. Bravo. Thank you. Uh, I totally forgot that we were doing the session cigar. Uh, oh, really? You just yeah. wanted to with the meta. Yeah, as soon as I pulled this out of the fridge tonight, I was like, oh, cool. That works. Uh, you never admitted that. I know, it, I know. But... It would be a lot cooler if you just kept that to yourself. Uh, and I will say that this is a beautiful, it's the Hans Pills. Well, you'd probably hate it. It's the Hans Pills with the IBUs rained back. Uh, it's got that Hans, nice. P- Hans Pills has no IBUs. It's a Pilsner. Uh, it, it has more IBUs than, I think that's why you like it so much. Oh, is it a it's little a, more hoppy Pilsner? It's a, pil- it's a Pilsner, but it's a hoppy Pilsner. Uh, and this is kind of, this is an IPA, but not a hoppy IPA. So you're drinking a Pilsner disguised as an IPA. I'm drinking right. I'm drinking IPAs disguised as Pilsners. Pretty much. But this is nice. It's uh, got a nice little citrus component. Okay. And then uh, it's got it, it gets out of the way of everything. So it's I've, the downside is kind of like the what the doctor said. You can just kind of I, I I can see myself pounding these, but at a 4.5 ABV, yeah, go ahead, knock yourself out. Uh, yeah, you can pound those things till two in the morning and you'll be fine. You'll be just fine. Uh, well, we'll, we'll see you tomorrow. But in Let's this, uh, in this heat, it's good. Uh, well, excellent. Uh, well, our resident beer expert, I think everybody's okay with me calling Cody that, uh, Yak Boy has still disappeared from the Zoom meeting. Uh, this is all so meta when you get into the film tonight. Um, <laughs> uh, I will introduce my beer and I busted Tut's chops for not knowing anything about it, and I'm going to be even worse. Tonight, I am drinking the F5 IPA from Coop Ale Works. I believe they're in Oklahoma. Got Oklahoma. Uh, yep. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Gotcha. Can you tell how this ties into? I do. Do you want me to give everybody a chance to play along? Doctor, do you know how this ties into the movie? Uh, I do not. Tut? You're taking. You took some computer classes in college. <clears throat> yes, they are. And if you own some, if they ever go to an IPA, you might want to think about grabbing some. I mean, not an IPA, an IPO. Not an IPA, an IPO. Uh, IPA. Yeah, that's the company. That's the company that makes what we're using to broadcast this. Uh, they they make Zoom. What? F5 is the company that makes Zoom. I mean, of course, I knew that. I picked it because isn't F5 a keystroke on the computer? It is. And but they're also they they're the company that builds Zoom. So when we get billed by Zoom, we pay F5 Corporation? I guess so. So mine let me double, let me double check that. I'm pretty sure that that's mine. What, that would mean, Doctor, that my beer pairs two ways as well. 
I did it F5 as a keystroke, and the movie takes place on computers, and you hit F5 on your keyboard. I understood. F5 is a function key. I Apparently, a company called F5 owns Zoom. Huh. Interesting. I did not know that. And I use Zoom every day. Well, they, they never show you the... Oh, wait. No, I'm, I'm totally wrong. I still count it as a double pairing. <laughs> Go counts. Yeah, that is that is uh, totally not accurate what Tuttle said. Okay, well I got the keystroke thing going for me. Okay, so we uh, and I, I and I also this was an easy pick. Yeah, tied in the the keystroke on the computer. Our movie takes place all on computers and cell phones. But I also picked it as one of my for the last two years maybe one of my favorite straight up IPAs. It's a good IPA. Even I like it. It is it. It hits when I'm not looking for a double IPA. That's kind of what I really go for these days. At the end of the day, I've got a limited amount of time. I just want a really strong. It is. It's. It's got a real nice crispness. It's got a beautiful hop profile. Um, yeah. And it, it's just. Uh, I think for you folks that care about such things, uh, it is 7.1% alcohol and IBUs. They listed 85. I think that's a little high, but it is hoppy. I mean, I. I wouldn't uh, talk so crazy about it if it wasn't, um, but I, I would. That that's surprising to me. See, eighty-five, but maybe 70, 75 tops. But it also, which never makes me not laugh, on the can. Let's see if you can see it here. They have little pictures of like the state of Oklahoma, recycle and all that, and then yeah. What is that? The uterus. Like? Yeah, it looks like a little dick and balls. It's a hop. Oh. But then, the, then, the, then it looks like a little dick and balls. Sure. Yes, if you, it's kind of like a Rorschach test. I mean, it might say more <laughs> about the person who interpreted it that way. Uh, moving on to the cigar. <laughs> Please, Yak Boy, come, come save me. <laughs> when these two uh, smell blood in the water, they, they tend to, to go for it. Uh, the cigar night. The CAO session. By General Cigar Company. Okay. It is a dark. It is a dark little boy. Dark little son of a bitch. Here you can see it if you're watching us on YouTube. I'm holding up the camera. It is a five and a quarter by 54 Robusto. Connecticut Broadleaf Wrapper. Dominican Republic Binder. And Dominican and Nicaraguan Fillers. I'll say price point till later, obviously. Like we always do. While all of CAO's traditional premium cigars are made in Nicaragua, I believe at the STG Esteli factory, the Session is made in the Dominican Republic, and I think the last cigar they actually made in the DR was my all-time favorite, uh, man, this goes back a ways, my all-time favorite CAO, The Vision. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, Ted. It came in a white mm -hmm. light-up humidor when you'd open it. It had this blue light that lit up, white band. First cigar I ever got the sense of like real nuttiness, and creaminess, and it was almost like smoking a, a you ever have a cashew peanut butter? If not, I highly recommend you go buy some tomorrow. Uh, man, it's just a delicious cigar. They discontinued it, and uh, that was the last cigar they made in the Dominican Republic. So we've got a movie tonight that takes place in a Zoom session. <clears throat> Tut's drinking a session beer. 
and we are smoking the CAO Session Cigar. So pairing trifecta complete. So now I'm sorry to say without Yak Boy with us, we're going to have to light this son of a bitch on fire and judge the hell out of it. Yes. I'm not waiting for him, are you? No, I'm, I'm, I'm already two steps ahead. Why don't you get started? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> this, this, this baby is sweet on the cold draw. Got a little chocolate on that cold draw, did you? I got a little dark chocolate and just a ton of just mm. sweet, really sweetness. Yep. I am a fan of dark chocolate. Uh, then you would you would definitely like that cold draw coming through there. Uh, lighting up. So you had a, a just a just a hint of pepper, not not like a not like a Nicaraguan pepper blast off that initial light off, but just a hint a hit of it. Man, and then it cuts down into nice dirt and earth flavors. Uh, so it's just it's kind of really kind of cool there. You get a lot of flavor on that on that very first light up, uh, but it's not you know the normal blast you in the face with pepper or spice. So that was kind of cool. No, that black pepper on the nose is very subtle. I mean, it's it's there, but I mean, what was it? A Dominican binder, Dominican filler with some Nicaraguan. So yeah, there's a lot of Dominican tobacco in this thing. So I wouldn't expect it to. Yeah, yeah. Bring tears to our eyes. Yeah, just a, a really medium pepper spice on those, but you're right, earthiness. And lots uh, of it. And lots of it. Yeah, lots, lots of earthiness. Uh, it's got a nice flavor just from the first few puffs. I know. It's uh, it's so off kilter from, you know, the Nicaraguan style that we like that I'm kind of going back. And I'm like, huh, kind of miss that a little bit. You miss what we usually have with the pepper strength bombs, or you you're enjoying- no, I'm I'm enjoying I'm enjoying this change of pace. Yeah, the body and or I'm sorry, the strength is is not uh, is not there at all, and the body is man, it's got some it's got a little bit of cedar, but that earthiness is is really nice. Yeah, and I'm still I'm actually getting a little bit of that cocoa from the from the cold draw. I'll be kind of curious to see how your IPA does and if it draws out a little bit of cedar in there because this this uh, session IPA, which is not really an IPA, uh, it, it does kind of draw that cedar out of the cigar. Uh, I, so I'm kind of curious uh, if, if, if you mentioned it, and that was before you took a drink, then maybe that, that cedar is there. I'm just kind of curious to see if it enhances it anymore. I just, took a, I just took a sip and a puff and it, absolutely enhanced the cedar profile um seems like without the beer the earthiness and the cedar were kind of dancing partners but yeah it does elevate the the cedar portion a little bit yeah nothing wrong with that tonight's film host from 2020 man we haven't done a hot off the press film in since I can remember we've been living in the 80s and 90s for quite some time here boys yes we have man uh, you've loved every second of it, Ted. It's been all right. Uh, but when I saw this one and I saw the the subject matter and the way in which it was conceived, of course, we had to not wait till Halloween when we usually do our horror marathon. We had to jump in right here and change things up a little bit. Which is we odd because have- that was not my reaction when I first saw what the subject matter was. You were cursing my name loudly and kicking your cats. I was like, oh, hell no. This is a scary movie. And not only a scary movie, but a legit scary movie. It's not one of those 
horror comedies that I like. This yeah. is like straight up scary. They're going for scares here, boys. Uh, the host, or I'm sorry, I'm, I keep saying the host. It's not the host. The the host was a really entertaining Korean uh, creature feature back early 2000s. Uh, this is Host, written by Gemma Hurley, Rob Savage, and Jeb Shepard. It's also directed by co-writer Rob Savage. Man, that's a cool name, right? <laughs> Rob Savage. Sounds like, a res- sounds like a wrestler. Rob Savage. Rob Savage. Uh, yeah, I wish... You know, I'm going to change my screen name to Cade Savage. <laughs> maybe maybe you guys will start showing me some more respect around here. Yeah, well, I'm going to change mine to Jim Tuttle. Uh, that, that tracks. Uh, and I believe it's only his second feature film after having directed mostly shorts over the years. Uh, several of those short films, by the way, starred the leading actresses from tonight's film. So I always like that when directors kind of get this ensemble of, of actors they work with again and bring them along with them. Uh, so you get points with me for that. And at a running time of less than 60 minutes, some might argue that Host is a short film. It's a short film, yeah. I was, uh, I was amazed. Yeah. So I didn't know, I didn't see the runtime, and then I had to go uh, stop, and I stopped it, and it was like halfway through, and I'm like, what the? We will dive into that discussion on what running time and how that defines what type. We'll, di- we'll delve into that later. I do want to talk okay. about that, but uh, let's get right into the meat and potatoes thing. Before we do, Yagboy, you just lit up the CAO session. Uh, not to influence your opinion, we got a really subdued Black Pepper, nothing like the kick in the nuts that we've gotten recently on the show, through the nose. And uh, I think we both got some nice cedar, but really a sweetness on the cold draw and some of that sweet dark chocolate on the on the palate as well after lighting up. Uh, so it'd be a lot easier if you just said you got all those same things and we can move on. I didn't. I got none of those. Let me let me start at the top. It's oh, 27 parts. I've broken it down. It's a 30-minute presentation. Don't worry. I'll shorten it to 28. I'd like to hear the full 30 minutes, Yax. Ah, uh, damn it, Doctor. No, uh, I can agree with you on that. I'm picking up a little <laughs> touch of uh, leather. Um, I had really kind of a, a, a little strong on the, on the cold draw up getting a little bit more like a hay. And a little bit of the chocolate, but uh, I can I can definitely agree with you on that that subdued pepper. I like that. So good good, it's good so far. Obviously, Todd, his beer is highly influencing his cigar because his opinion differs from us. We're we're on the same page. That's right. That's right. And with a, a I'm about an inch into this bad boy, doctor, mind your manners. Uh, and I, I'm still just getting a, a really crisp cedar with some earthiness, just a tinge of that sweet dark chocolate and uh, that pepper stain very there, but in the background on the, on the retro hail. Same with you, Tut. Uh, yeah. And I, it just goes to show just how much that the beer is influences on uh, influencing the cedar. Cause my cedar is there, but it's not as strong as crisp as apparently is what you're describing. Uh, mine's there. It's more like on the backside of the palate as a, as an after flavor uh, or a lingering flavor. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it, they're really kind of close in profile. I, I just love how that the beer kind of like plays with it a little bit. Uh, indeed. Okay, well, I'll come back to it here in a little bit, and I'm also going to shift gear, gear beer, shift gears with my beers here in a little bit as well. So we'll see if that 
changes things, assuming the cigar stays on the same course. Well, back to Host, our film. We start things off with the familiar look of a laptop screen initiating a Zoom meeting, Tut, as you did earlier this evening. That is correct. Or a, a Zoom session, if you will. Their uh, CGI of the Zoom session is quite accurate. I don't believe it's CGI. I think they just film their <laughs> film their computers. I don't think they had industrial light and magic and the George Lucas guys come in. They, do- they had ILM. Uh-huh. They had ILM. We watch as the mouse clicks over the setup options, selecting computer audio, computer mic, etc. And then after a piece of tape is removed over the laptop's camera, you can see a figure through it, and then she removes it, a security measure that I'm sure you chronic internet masturbators are all too familiar with. We are introduced to our Zoom host, Haley. It didn't even notice what was going on with that. Uh, well, some people, Doctor, because you see her, it's like she's filmed through saran wrap, this go, this kind of figure. Some people have this notion that there's always someone watching them through their cell phone camera or their computer laptop camera. So they put a piece of tape over that camera whenever they masturbate because they don't want to get an email one day saying, hey, we got video of you masturbating. Send us 500 bucks. And you know what? I sent it to them. And... I just treat it like pictures of my cat. I just turned the camera away. <laughs> uh, I, I thought that was a nice. Hey, you know what? A sing, a single girl in the big city. Maybe she, maybe that is something chicks that guys don't think about. But maybe girls. There've been a lot of cases where guys have invaded girls' uh, laptop cameras and taken video of them. And Zoom was notorious for uh, their privacy concerns when they first launched. Uh, there was a lot of easy ways to hack into uh, Zoom sessions. So you know what? That was that was an okay touch. Um, and she proceeds to invite five of her friends into the Zoom session. We see her click on a bunch of names. Uh, quirky Gemma. Keep in mind, everything we see in this film is from the perspective of the character's laptop or cell phone cameras. That's very important. Because if you're on YouTube watching us right now via Zoom, this is what the movie looks like. It's a bunch of squares on the screen with people logging in, and that's exactly how this movie is brought to us from beginning to end. Uh, So she invites five of her friends. Quirky Gemma is the first to join in, first via her cell phone. She's actually outside Haley's apartment. She throws some stuff at the window, and she's got her phone, says, I'm on my way home. And, dude, like a minute later, she goes around the corner. Uh, she There's a really fun moment, relatable moment, if you've ever Zoomed here, where she's logged in on her phone, and then she logs in, much like Yagboy did, on his on his. She's logged in on her laptop and her phone at the same time, and it's making all these crazy noises. And they got to figure it out. If you haven't zoomed a lot, those initial kind of trying to figure the shit out, it it, it can get kind of haywire. Um, so I, I did appreciate that because of our own issues. Um, I think we finally got it figured out now. As Yak was finally here with us. So. Yeah, a couple months. Okay. Uh, well, as... Gemma tries to figure it out. Her 
the devices being that close to each other are making all sorts of whiny, staticky noises. Haley is a seasoned Zoom Pro, and she seems more than a little annoyed at Gemma's technical issues here early on. She seems like a very highly annoyed person in general, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. She's extremely high strung. Yeah, like she doesn't have much tolerance for any kind of bullshit. Uh, yeah, it's just like ease up, man. Just here, here's a beer. Just chill out. Uh, yeah, it's a pandemic. What else you got to do, man? One might say, Tut, just party. Just party, Jim. I mean, uh, Haley. Next to join in is the young and bubbly Emma. She's nervous about what Haley has planned for them, but she's assured by the host, Haley, that everything will be just fine. She's done quite a few of these group seances, and they're a lot of fun. Just then, the sexy and spunky Radina logs in. She makes the mistake of coughing, which everyone pokes fun at given the current pandemic. You know, you sneeze or cough in public, everybody gives you the, the sick eye, which actually, Haley, the stick in the mud, she says a funny line, uh, you have to cover a cough with a fart now instead of the other way around. I thought that was pretty funny. It was a good line. Hang on a second. <laughs> oh, God, doctor, are you okay? What? I, was, I farted. I'm not sick. Yeah. I like I like that line. And I like Thank Redina. Thank you. Oh, Redina. You're going to hear me talk a lot about Redina tonight. I am a Redina fan. Uh, Redina's unhappy boyfriend, obviously he doesn't know how to please her, is loudly chopping vegetables in the background. <laughs> they, live in, they live in a small flat. Uh, the Her living room is right there with the kitchen, and he's just chopping these vegetables as loud as he can. Uh, and when she mutes her audio, that's when he knows in a Zoom meeting that somebody's got some personal shit going on when they mute you, where you can't hear them. Uh-huh. So she walks over to talk to her boyfriend. They're kind of talking, and that's when the girls start whispering, like, oh, they should never have moved in together this early. Like, this was a mistake. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, they moved in for the for the pandemic. That's not a good idea. Well, that's that's not a good reason to move that's, in. That's never that fully, is a terrible that's, idea. That's never fully said. Or explain, but uh, who cares? He sulks off to the bedroom. She grabs a bottle of booze, and we get the luring Redina all to ourselves for the rest of the night. I, in case you can tell, I really like Redina. I might have moved in with Redina prior to the COVID virus, if you asked me to, or in the oh, midst, no. of, in the midst of the COVID virus. Well, next to log in is the spunky, youthful Caroline who joins the Zoom session, and their group is now somewhat complete. She joins in on her phone. She's down in the kitchen, and she has them all say hi to her goofy, elderly English father. Uh, He lifts up his shirt. He's kind of just this old, cantankerous uh, goofball. But uh, she she tells him as she's walking up to her bedroom, you know, he keeps going outside, like, without his mask on. We got to drag him in, like... All the girls laugh at her goofy dad, and as she's going to her bedroom, they briefly catch up with one another. I thought here in the early minutes of the Zoom meeting, the ensemble here played really well together in that you quickly believed within minutes that they were actual friends. Like they had at least social friends who maybe go out drinking. They may not best of friends, but you really got the the sense that they all knew each other and that they were At least they all knew each other, correct. 
Well, how many how many horror films do you get to the end and you're like, I never believed those guys were friends at all. Yeah. So that alone is uh, promising, Doctor. Well, yeah, uh, and also I thought they each kind of had a distinct personality, which is a uh, really a testament to the people involved, considering that you you really are. I mean, everything on screen's two dimensional, but when you put it into a Zoom or found footage uh, format, which is essentially the same, but we can get to that later. But uh, yeah, they, they each kind of had a, a, a personality. Um, and that was a- Even early on, we'll, and that, 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 those come out a lot more as the movie goes on. But uh, yeah, this, this initial thing was promising to me, to say the least. Uh, well, Emma shows off some creepy kind of cheesy Snapchat filters she's got where like, you know, when girls can put on digital masks or they make their tongue four feet long and she's showing off all this kind of stuff she's been toying around with in quarantine and Caroline does her one better by showing off a zoom background she created which is a video of her bedroom right where she's doing her thing that shows her coming out of the bathroom and go dig through her drawers and repeat itself over and over again but you know it's just a it's on a loop but it's just her and she's like, I got so lonely in quarantine, I made myself a digital twin. I hope I, I hope I remember to come back to this uh, later in the podcast. But at this moment, when I saw, because I'm a fan of the the looping backgrounds, I think they're kind of clever, and I've seen some real clever ones out there. But I was like, okay, director, I see where you're going with this. I'm a I'm a step ahead. All right. So I hope I'm going to leave it at that, and I'll try to get back to it later. In. Okay. Uh, so, so this is a thing people do on Zoom, though, mm-hmm. to, where they create these these virtual twins doing stuff in the background. Yeah, uh, I see it in uh, our of course. You know, our classes are online. Uh, some of them are conducted in Zoom, at least the ones early on. And uh, yeah, you you get a bunch of college kids with a Zoom, and their creativity on those backgrounds get pretty cool. I even saw one dude with the Brady Bunch background. With his head in the middle, it's pretty dang cool. Okay, well, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you what. Then I'll strike one up for the millennial college students because uh, I am on Zoom multiple times a day, and uh, most of my colleagues do something like you know they put a fucking palm tree in the background or something like that, and you're like, oh, you know, that's cool. Doctor, I like yours. Just a taste, yeah. a tasteful painting. That's actually real. That's what I mean. Uh, just a tasteful, simple background. Yeah. Uh, thank you. But I mean, some of these guys go to the length of actually making a fake background, but it's something as innocuous as a beach and a palm tree. Wouldn't that be weird, though, if that wasn't the doctor's real wall back there? He created that. <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as you know, Mr. Cade, as far as you know. Uh, okay. Well, essentially, we see Caroline on repeat entering her bedroom over and over again, rummaging through her sock drawer behind the actual Caroline talking to the camera. And then finally, the last friend, or chum, as they say in the UK, to join the Zoom meeting is their male friend, Teddy, who, before he logs in, all the girls talk mad shit about his wealthy, possessive new girlfriend, Jenny. Kind of like how we all talk mad shit about Cody before he logged in tonight, but we'll cut that out of the show. He doesn't hey, know. Cody. I'm, I'm right here. Still here. 
Oh, I totally got that wrong. He's okay. I'm used to you freezing and being gone. Damn it. Yeah, I get that now. Much skip, you skip back, cut, cut, jump back, cut to this. Much like you two talked mad shit about Yak Boy before the uh, show started, and I tried to stop you. Yak knows I never said anything negative about him. But when Teddy science experts, we're a team. Co-science experts don't talk shit. But when Teddy appears and he's chilling by the side of Jenny's swimming pool. They're all happy to see the gin and tonic sipping man bun sporting lunkhead. They make fun of his man bun actually, and he calls it a quarantine twat knot, which I will be adopting that phrase uh, from here on out. Uh, and Teddy actually does come across as highly likable. I could see chicks having a blast with this guy at the pub. Am I right? I kind of like Teddy. Uh, I, would, first, I, would, yeah. I wouldn't like hanging out with him, but I could see girls like hanging out around. Which makes sense because he's got a, a cute blonde girlfriend who he's hanging out at her wealthy pad, and his best friends are five chicks, all of whom are. <laughs> so, so yeah, Teddy's got something going. And this 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 place is eclectic. This mansion that he's living at, it's her parents' house, and as he takes him inside, there's this massive drool-worthy bar with a thousand bottles, but they also have all these weird old shit. He shows them this creepy little puppet that they keep, like a lot of weird little things, but uh. They asked Teddy if he brought the his item required for the seance. And, and I will – go ahead. I, you, he says, you bet I did. He actually broke quarantine to go get this because for the seance, you need to have an item that connects you with whoever you want to talk to on the other side, the other world. And he went broke quarantine to go back to his childhood home and get this old music box, which plays creepy music. What mu- childhood music box doesn't play creepy music? <sighs> And even blow as he as he opens and plays it, I like this hipster touch. He even takes a hit on his vape pen and blows smoke over it to kind of give it some atmosphere. That was cool. Uh, yes, you, it was cool on the on the vape atmosphere. You know but what? At the same it, time, I'm like going, oh, let's see, already creepy clown doll, already creepy toy box music. This is not a tut friendly film. I'm not liking this. And and I'm just, I really, I really started thinking was, that they were just checking off the boxes. Like, <laughs> all right, creepy item number one, go two, check. <laughs> uh, uh, there it is. Wait, wait. Yeah. When, when I, you smoke. know what? I want some, some, some kind of smoke. What if I, what if I blow my vape on it? Perfect. When I saw the creepy clown puppet, I, I was like, all right, Tut's either not gonna watch this movie or pretend to watch the movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Your chant, my friend, your chant. It the music box was Teddy's grandma's, but his brother used to hide his dead brother, who he's hoping to contact tonight, used to hide it around their house and play it and scare the shit out of him because he couldn't find it. Uh if your brother was that kind of asshole, why do you want to talk to him now? <laughs> I never had a sibling, so I guess there's something. Um the women all sheepishly admit that they're apprehensive to go through with the seance that Haley has planned for them that night. Some of them are even straight up scared, especially Caroline. She's trembling before it even starts. She's like, can we just play a board game? Please, touch Team Caroline. Team Caroline. Come on, life. Sorry. Uh, Monopoly, even. <laughs> uh, connect four, motherfuckers. But Haley assures them that the woman who will be leading the seance is a friend of hers and a real pro, and they just need to follow her lead, and everything will be fine. And please, she says... Be respectful to the seance. Don't poke fun at it. 
follow the instructions, just take it seriously, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. To Foreshadowing. This, to this, Teddy suggests that they all duck off camera and do a shot every time the woman says astral plane. TNCC style. Yeah, you got to come up with a drinking game to make this shit bearable. Actually, we would have just shown up drunk. <laughs> Doctor, and I, Doctor and I would have been outside with steel reserves for three hours leading up to this shit. Well, I think it would probably be a, a given. Like the first the question asked would be like, "So, can we drink during the seance?" Oh, game or on! Or am I going to need to? Or am I going to do some pregame? Uh, anybody I want to talk to in the afterlife pretty much died from drinking, so I think we'll be okay. And yeah, I'm pretty but, sure the first question that the dad's going to ask me is, how's the beer? Yeah. Well, assuming you but, get to talk to the people you want to talk to, and that's... Listen, if it's not a seance to W.C. Fields or Winston Churchill, there's no point. <laughs> well, even if it's some rando, I mean, at least if you have some spirits, some, like, legit spirits, they're going to be, hey, spirit drinking a spirit. How meta is that? Nobody's ever called Steel Reserve malt liquor a spirit. No, I'm talking about but, bourbon and stuff that normal people drink. I do think that instead of someone throwing up a rock at Haley's window, you and I would have been out there throwing uh, blue Raz cans up there. Let us in, damn it. <laughs> Joe starting or what? Did you guys bring an item to summon the dead? Just phallic <laughs> shape. Sir, that's a... That's a dildo, sir. I know. I know what it is. We're summoning room 101 tonight. Well, look, when That's Teddy's like... like planned. Like, you want to talk to your grandmother? I want to talk to Oliver Reed, man. Come on. When Teddy's like, hey, every time this, this soothsayer who's going to lead this thing says astral plane, everyone just step outside your Zoom square and do a shot. Haley is like, Stick in the mud, dude. No, no, no. But Radina's, she's like, let me get my vodka bottle. She's all on board. Team Radina, my friends. Haley's kind of the K to that Zoom meeting, huh? With all the rules and shit. Oh, he is. is. What? Is that how you guys... Oh, I I thought your thing froze. It was... Haley would never chug three beers in a Zoom session. Oh, yes, she would if she was trying to be cool. Gentle, gentle little little ball break in there. Take it easy. Haley would never, ever smash a stinky ashtray over Tut's face. By the way, I'm on Team Gemma. I'll just go ahead and put that out. You like Gemma? On Team Gemma. Well, she's certainly the best actor in the piece. I'll give her that. But more on that later. Okay. All right. Well, everyone else agrees to the shot game, too. Astral Plane, we do a shot, except to Gemma, who says, you guys can kill your livers all you want. I'll be sipping water. So you guess what, Tut? Gemma's a lame ass. Well, Gemma's actually drinking tequila. She just had it in a water bottle. Now who's guilty of astral projection? <laughs> do a shot. He said it. He said it. So they all do an initial shot to us. Oh. And no, no, no. She's not here yet. The soothsayer isn't here yet. Oh, to oh. us and to a happy seance or happy spookies, as Emma calls it, they do their shot. Haley takes a group photo with her Polaroid. She has a retro Polaroid camera. She photographs her computer screen. Hipster. Hipster, big time. 
And then it's time to bring on the expert. And before we get into that, I just want to say Tut ain't doing no seance. I am not talking no spookies. Uh, the dead can stay underground, and that's where I prefer them to be. Uh, I think that would be here, brother. I Anything think, involving seance or Ouija board, you can count the doc out. Mm-mm, I ain't, that, ain't messing with that. I think that went without saying, Todd, but okay. Well, you know, there's people that are like, why are you doing like that? There's no such thing as ghosts. And I'm like, mm, yeah, there is. Well, they are ready, Todd, unlike you, to bring on the expert. And you know who's an expert at making delicious cigars, boys? Ooh, who's that? Who's that? Well, that's right. I'm talking about our friends over at Drew Estate. Segway. And there is no better example of their expertise than the highly complex, masterfully blended Pappy Van Winkle Family Reserve Barrel Fermented Cigar. The Pappy Van Winkle Family Reserve Barrel Fermented Cigar from Drew Estate is a long filler premium cigar rolled in limited quantities at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate in Esteli, Nicaragua. Deep barrel fermentation is the key process that makes this expression vastly different from anything else on the market. Hand-selected leaves from Kentucky are packed into small torquettes. Torquettes. Bundles of tobacco to you noobs, which are then loaded strategically into oak bourbon barrels. Water is then added while mince pressure is applied to the torquettes via railroad jacks. The tobacco is removed two to three times per year. It's shaken out. Tut, you're doing it. It's repacked over and over again. The total process of fermentation takes 12 to 18 months, leaving a truly unique flavor profile and aroma. The Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve Barrel Fermented is now available at brick-and-mortar Drew Diplomat retailers everywhere. Seek it out. So, speaking of cigars, Tut, I'll go to you first, because we're probably a little bit ahead of Yak Boy. I'm almost to the first band. There's two bands on the cigar. Yeah. There's the CAO Session Band, and there's a secondary band that says Sit, Smoke, and Chill, which is what a good smoking session should entail. Uh, what are you getting off this thing? Yeah, I'm not really changing that much. Uh, you're getting uh, a nice bit of earth. I get a little bit of Yax's leather. Uh, so if you've got nice earth and leather flavors across the palate, you get that nice uh, follow-up cedar on the very back of it. But the cedar's kind of died down a little bit. Uh, maybe I'm just kind of getting used into the beer. I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, Yak Boy's leather has overtaken the cedar. Uh, yeah. I, I Around the halfway point, it... it changes gears to leather earth cedar to me with that with that black pepper maintaining its presence on the nose yeah yeah uh it's yeah that's got that nice little uh light dill of pepper on the retro hill on the very top of the on the retro hill which is pretty nice so i mean yeah it's a little flavorful cigar uh i do wish that it'd pick up a little bit more in strength but you know maybe that's the dominican that's coming out in it so you know we'll we'll see how it goes Yax? I have to agree. I mean, that leather component has basically taken it. I do now get, I got, well, I should say get, I got a little bit of cedar, but it has disappeared. I like the retro hell. I'm getting that pepper. And it's maintained now. I'm, I'm about halfway. It's, it's, it's gotten just sort of a a mild sweetness on the backside. And okay. so I'm liking that. I, so I had, I had that earlier, probably about where you're at. So that makes sense. Um, and the, the, it's smoking like a Connecticut broadleaf. It's got really nice smoke production. Oh yeah. So, 
Okay. I'm with you, Ted. I'd like to see this thing take a jump up in strength in the last third. Yeah. We'll uh, see. We'll see what happens. Okay. Well, now, I like this movie. I will hear what happens, and then I'll hit rewind and then see what happens. So now an older, very friendly, hippie-looking woman named Ceylon has joined the Zoom session. Apparently, course, UK, apparently UK has old white weirdos like we do. We don't have a... That's, 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 that's where they came from. I thought that was an Austin, Texas thing. Apparently, they're over there, too. Uh, Ceylon admits she's never done a seance using Zoom before. She's used to being in the same room with everybody, but she promises that it should be fine, just fine and a lot of fun. She makes sure everyone has their trigger objects, like the music box that associate with someone deceased they might want to speak to this evening, and that everyone has their candles lit, which will be used as a guiding focus for the spirits, encouraging them as a beacon to come forward. Oh, hell no. Because, Tut, you want the ghosts to come towards you. <laughs> Oh hell no! I'm mean, like, hey, can we can we do this seance? And uh, one, I don't have a trigger option because this whole Zoom meeting is triggering me. And then two, I'm not going to do that candle thing. I don't want no spookies coming around me. Well, tell you don't have to worry about that because you already have a burning cigar. Yes. Smoke emanating from it is a focal point. Okay, cigar, but right? like you, but like you said, if if Winston Churchill doesn't show up, I'm not do, I'm not dealing with this. The cigar is the guiding light that will bring them to you. Maybe George Burns shows up. What's the matter with you, Tut? Yeah. Well, you can't go wrong with George Burns. He played God twice. It's true. But I'm pretty sure playing God twice gets you sent straight to hell. (laughs) Well, he also played the devil in the second one. That's true. As Emma and Gemma ask Ceylon questions regarding contacting relatives, uh, Gemma asks if her Chinese deceased relatives will understand her because she doesn't speak Chinese. Ceylon, she's going to answer for everything. Yes, uh, they'll, they'll understand you just fine. The afterworld language isn't a barrier. The internet's not a barrier. Emma asks if she can talk to her dead pets. Yes, that's not a barrier. Anything goes uh, in a seance, apparently. Well, what's the, what's the pet going to say back, meow? Tut, how bad would you feel if you did a seance to talk to one of your dead cats and they are like, you were the worst fucking owner. Like we hated frisky food or whatever that is, that shit you feed them. Dude, my cats get the highest, highest grade stuff. That scratch, pull, that scratch pole was bullshit. Like no, they, they might say that. Uh, I got yeah. cat hemorrhoids from that fucking litter box you made me shit in. Well, just during this early conversation, Ceylon mentions astral plane twice which leads uh, Teddy and, Re- and Radina to lean off screen like we are right now and do shots. One of those he eggs on. What was that plane called again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot uh, of, where, 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 are they, where are they living right now? That, that's the, the Astrid plane? Uh, the Astral plane, Tut. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, that, there's that, nothing that, going on when all uh, everybody oh, just leans off yeah, camera at the yeah, same time. Yeah, but do they all hear it correctly? The, the screen was freezing. That was asshole playing. They all <laughs> do it, and it's driving hate. You can see uptight Haley just hating. This. Oh, Kate is just hating this. I mean, I mean. Uh-huh. Ceylon tells them to look for a candle flicker, a knocking sound, or even a human touch as the seance goes forth. 
as that will be a sign that they've made contact. And most importantly, they must respect the spirits and respect each other throughout the seance. But I don't get the feeling Gemma's listening to that. She's goofing around and rolling her eyes. The, the whole time Ceylon's talking, she's just checked out. She's not she's not on board from the get-go with this. This is where I would not be on Team Gemma because I would be respecting the shit out of those little spookies. I am not. I'm, well, rule mm. number one, respect the spirits. Yes. I don't know why I started going Sopranos. Respect it. Respect the spirits. (laughs) Mm -mm. Once Ceylon gets everyone to turn off their lights, (laughs) she tells them, turn off your lights, close your eyes, and begin visualizing the mystic circle. Picture we're all sitting in a circle. It's connecting all of us. Right then, Teddy's drunk, rich, giggling girlfriend, Jenny, pops up in his Zoom square, starts nibbling on his ear, and he bows out. She blows out. She blows out his spirit candle, and he's like, "Later, ladies. <laughs> Time to get laid." And he's gone. And the girls ain't happy one bit. That well, bit. well played, Teddy. Oh, they go off on this chick like crazy. One of them calls Teddy a knob sack, which I'm gonna be calling you in a minute, Todd. If you keep referring to me as Haley. I'm serious. The English have some of the greatest insults. Uh, I guarantee you before the end of the night, I'm going to call all three of you a knob sack at some point. Whoa, where did that come from, you knob sack? <laughs> but Ceylon is an expert, and she calms them down and gets them back on track. She says, visualize us all sitting together, holding hands in a circle, and get focused back on the seance. And they do. Is there anyone there? Please come forward. She tells him to say in unison. Guys, let's all say it in unison. Ready? Uh-uh. No. Is there no, any? no. Guys, that's too close. That's too close. One, no, two, no. Too three. close. Too close. Too you, close. You guys aren't afraid. Ready? Is there anyone no. there? Please come forward. Come on. First of all, I've been where Yak Boy is sitting, and I am not summoning crap up there. Something right. will answer. I wasn't afraid to say it. Is well, there anyone one. there? Please you come forward, they the all spirits. say. And Ceylon has them. They all say it together. After a period of inactivity, they weren't pussies. They thought they all saw a strobing light behind Redina. But it turned out just to be a light from her fridge. She's like, oh, it's just my fridge. But then they hear a knocking sound. Or just one knock, I'm sorry. But they all hear it. Ceylon asks the spirit to knock again. And sure enough, they wait. And a few seconds later, and they're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? I'm out. You you quit watching at this point? or I'm out. Well, no, I'm actually at this point, I'm kind of like watching like this. <laughs> somebody came in. Somebody got us. Holy shnikey. What is it? I just see a black square. Huh? What's going on? I saw a name, Sam something. It's just a black square. What's going on? Jason! 
Wait, where'd Jason? Where'd Tut go? I'm not seeing anything. What's going on? I see a black. I see a black square. I've chosen you, Jason. Jason. Where'd Tut go? Did something happen to Tut? What the hell was that? Where'd Tut go? What's going on? Where'd you go? Where'd you go? I don't know who, what. Where did you go? What do you mean, where did I go? You ran, did, what happened? Are you fucking with me? I saw a name pop up and then a black square join the Zoom. What did y'all see? The same. It said Samael. But... Oh, y'all fucking with me. Somebody, somebody had the password to our Zoom. They showed up and they had like this weird panda hat on. And it was like a panda in a black screen. And they were all looking like, well, shouldn't we have been able to see it? Yes, y'all should have. And obviously, y'all are fucking with me right now, no, Gemma you're, style. You're fucking with us. No. There's no way you can see something. Well, did you, oh, so you only saw it from the control room? No, I saw it on my screen here. And I know y'all are messing with me. And y'all probably sent an email to each other. And y'all are just being like, ha ha, scaredy. And, you know, they are fucking with me. Samuel, good job. Well played. It's weird. Okay. Uh, <laughs> First of all, it was pretty well played. It was fucking phenomenal. It was phenomenal. That was. Okay. Uh, let me find my place because I didn't mark it. I was kind of out of sorts. Holy shit. I just saw. Nothing. Anyway, if somebody find if what somebody did you just see nothing, if Tell uh me. no, if something what did sees you just see what nothing. just freaked what just freaked you out? What's nothing. going on? I'm on a tiny screen over here. <laughs> nothing. You, no, just, just what did you just see? Nothing. It's my imagination. What did you just see? Nothing. I just saw something go across Mincy's background, but that's my imagination. Well, that's because after watching this movie, I made a little thing of me, like Caroline, walking back in the background and touching <laughs> and walking back that way. So you're seeing shit behind Mency. You're seeing a panda bear. Somebody got somebody got our TNCC password, and they logged into our deal, and they wore a panda hat. Y'all probably egged it on, and you know it's fine. We can move on. weird and the uh, shit going on behind me you ain't got doctor who's not he's seen a million of these films looking behind him i did thought i saw something go across the back background of your screen 
right after the giant panda bear talked to you and didn't talk to any of the rest of us. All right. I will concede that y'all didn't do it. It's in that session cigar there. I will concede that y'all didn't do it. And see, I'm looking at the at the watch numbers, and I'm pretty sure that whoever y'all hired to come fuck with me dropped off now. But I will concede that maybe y'all didn't have anything. If I go into the recorded footage of this stuff, and then there's a black box there. The girls are freaking out. Because uh, there's these knocking sounds. Going back to the movie, they're hearing these knocking sounds. And they're freaking out. But not for long. As Ceylon apologizes profusely, it's her dinner being delivered to the door. She tried to get the the delivery food there before the seance, but they were running late. So it's just a delivery it's just a delivery guy knocking at the door. Professional medium. I thought that was kind of a cheap one. No, I didn't, Todd. I disagree. I thought it was a great move storytelling-wise. I thought it was way too early in the seance. It's like 30 seconds in, and they're hearing knocking, which I think is... Get it right into the plot. No, I think it's way too early to be producing such clear signals. And not only for the girls, but for the audience, I thought it was way too early to give us that kind of knocking like i like that it was like oh shit oh it wasn't it wasn't that at all i thought that was good as you mentioned Cade, i've seen so many sorry supernatural movies. <laughs> uh so for for a second i thought she wasn't going to come back like she gets up to go yes yeah dinner especially god damn it i'm handcuffed here <laughs> no you can do your thing Especially, They're watching now, so I know that they know they come on in. Here's here's my phone. Here's the fridge. I'm going over here to get a beer. But here's the thing, doctor, to go to your point. There's a scene here later where we cut to because on Zoom you can bring in a full frame on a full square, and she doesn't come back right away after she says it's a delivery guy. And I thought that was a great cinematic touch. Yeah, oh, that's what you're talking about. It's like, it's like it's like oh, we let you breathe, but wait, she's not coming back. That's tough. that's why it works. Not only did it ramp it up fast and then relax you, but then it kind of like did something. You know what I mean? Okay. And she goes to get her dinner, and they kind of comment on how weird her house looks. And I thought I thought that knock on the door wasn't actually her dinner. She's not going to come back. What's happening here? I'm watching this thing through my fingers anyway, so I'm just yeah. tonight or at the <laughs> well yes or what when was it Monday I think I watched this you sent you posted a picture of you just creeped out of your skin yeah I did not like it I mean I liked it I actually did like it but I did not like to having to watch this okay hands up um I thought it was a really nice touch to be the delivery guy. It would have been way too much, way too soon. I'm not buying that shit. Uh, and I was kind of relieved that the director isn't playing us for dummies just as much as the girls are relieved. It's Ceylon's Indian food being delivered. You know that was vegan Indian food. Look at that chick. Come on. 
Uh, she came in and just sit down a big box of hot wings and was like, cook my dinner here. Dude, a Big Mac. She just chomping down. Well, one of the things I did appreciate at this point is that you've had you've had some audible scares, some sensory scares, like the uh, the chick who was throwing the stuff at the window. So earlier on, you had the thud, thud, thud with the with the prominent hall closet there that you thought something was going to jump out at, and nothing did. Uh, and then here you had. It's it, one of the things that I find very interesting is that when you're locked into this frame, it's very easy to do a jump scare in jump scare into huh. behind the frame. Can't even scratch myself. <laughs> so so Tut, then uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and guess that you've never seen the original Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I watched the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, I know you. I'm just gonna go on on your reaction so far to this movie. You definitely have not seen any of the Paranormal Activity movies. Oh hell no! The no. uh, the first Paranormal Activity movie. I, I've seen. I think the first three. They've done six of them. The first Paranormal Activity movie. Uh, and I'm, I'm not saying that nothing that they you know. I'm not saying there's any dearth of originality here. So much of what happens in the first paranormal activity movie happens in host. Yeah. And they didn't have zoom then that came out in 2009. Hard to say that's you know over a decade ago, but in that one, it's a guy and his girlfriend. They live in this nice two story house in San Diego. And she says she's been hearing things. And so he just gets a video camera that never leaves the house right so in a way it's very much like just like you're talking i'm talking you see you see the squares but there's a one person from there it's a found footage like blair witch but the camera never leaves the house like he sets it up in their bedroom he he puts it in different angles and and it kind of creates that exact same here's where i think and maybe maybe i I'm losing because I haven't seen something like that. But what I appreciated for is that you've got the angles. It is just a zoom meeting. It is just a screen and it doesn't, it doesn't swap over to, or it doesn't cut over to a bedroom at a different angle or a kitchen at a different angle. It is just locked in a square frame, except for the few times where they pick up the camera at the laptop and then go through the house. Which they start Right, right. When the when the intensity kind of and the pace kind of picks up and starts rolling, uh, which is is a cool call. But I just kind of like the fact that you're looking at just these five frames of of video or these five frames, and that's all you have to work with as a cinematographer, as a director, as an actor. That's all you have to work with. And I I kind of appreciate the fact that they can get you scared without without resorting to jump scare. Jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. I like that. They throw they throw a few of them in later, uh, but uh, it's it definitely a huge debt to paranormal activity because there's there's a lot of time where the, the in the first one he sets yeah. the camera down and it doesn't move and it's like him and her at the breakfast table or him and her in their bedroom having a conversation. He just sets the camera down and still, in my mind, inexplicably still on. 
Yeah. And so it's just those two actors working within the context of that frame. So it's very, very similar. And as, as we get forward with, with the, the rest of the, the film, I'm going to point out some other things that happen that, that really are, are paranormal activity. It's funny. It's funny that you say that because there's also times where I'm looking for the plausibility of something and you say that you don't find it plausible that they would just set it down and leave it on. I can say as someone who's worked long video shoots, there's been times where I have forgotten to turn it off and I've just set it down. I'll get back and look at the footage later and there's like, you know, three hours of just on the ground sought and feet going by. Uh, this, so uh, that's kind of cool. Forgetting it though. Like it, it, it and it, I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but I, I know some of the decayed number two. You go back to Blair Witch Project because the original found footage, and this isn't really a found footage. You go back to that, and I've always said at some point, my ass is dropping the camera and running like hell. Uh huh. I'm not going to leave anybody behind. I'm not. It's not like ah, that's got a twisted ankle. Fuck him. Let's go. You know, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I don't know but, about that. I don't know about that. Not, not right doing, now. I'm not doing that to you, Tut. But at some point, they keep filming. At some point, the fucking camera is getting thrown away. And I'm, and I'm running in a straight fucking line. Yes. And so in paranormal activity, it's not, he doesn't do what, I understand what you're saying. You're working, you've been on your feet all day. You set it down and you're like, oh shit, I just filmed two hours of ankle level footage. He actually will like come into the kitchen and put it on the table and she'll be like, are you still filming this? What's going on? He's like, you know, he's like, he doesn't forget. So, but uh, anyway, I, I digressed a little bit, but there, there's a big I think I think uh, Rob Stage himself have to admit that there's a while they use Zoom and I appreciate the way they did it. He would admit that there's a big uh, uh, I don't know what word I'm using debt paid to the first Paranormal Activity movie at least. Well, then we will get wonderful insight from you as a steeped veteran into the genre, and you'll get the noob experience for me because I ain't watching Paranormal Activity. I'll tell you that right now. I think uh, doctors, I, I'm not a big supernatural guy. I, I, I've never seen the paranormal activities. I haven't seen any of the insidious, or the, uh, any of those ghost conjurings. I don't watch any of that stuff. Uh, my, my one go-to ghost movie I watch every year is The Fog. That's how ghostly I get. A bunch of old pirates. Um, and panda bears. Apparently. So everything other... Everything other than the... What was that about? Oh, don't pretend like you didn't know. Look, I just wanted to say that everything other than the Zoom aspect, and I'm not saying I didn't enjoy host because it is enjoyable for what it is, and, and I'll get more into later what my opinion on what it is, is. but, Cade, you just you nailed the trifecta. Paranormal activity, specifically the first one, which is the most similar because it's with the camera. And then the first Insidious movie, which they've made several, and I only saw the first one. And the first Conjuring movie, which spawned all kinds of things, and I only saw the first one. Those aren't actually, Insidious and Conjuring are not found footage. They're straight up supernatural. Right. But they go for the jump scare with a demon visage that we see later. Paranormal activity tries to do the door slamming and the sounds and things like that without resorting to that, but as the angles. Other than the zoom factor, 
those three movies, uh, everything you see in Host is, is something that came out of one of those movies. Mostly Paranormal Activity because of the camera. Okay, okay. The, I think it's a baby monitor, right? Uh, no, no, not, not in the first movie. He actually has a camera. Oh, okay. But as the girls all laugh at the situation, which they should, they heard these knocks, they were initially frightened, but it turned out just to be her delivery guy. Haley's all stressed out and worried that Ceylon will come back and be offended at their laughing and their behavior. Why are all these fun girls friends with this stick in the mud? I don't get it. Like Haley has not an ounce of party girl in her body. But when Ceylon doesn't immediately return, the director even cuts to a full frame shot, because you can do that on Zoom, of her base, Ceylon's basement, and she doesn't come back. There's a nice play here where the girls pause. Was it her food delivery guy? That's who she thought it was, but she's not coming back anytime soon. It was a nice little filmmaking touch I, I, I like there. This film has a handful of very subtle strokes from the horror filmmaking paintbrush, and I, for the most part, recognized them and appreciated all of them. It would have been easy to do this film, a Zoom horror film, and not try to add any kind of nuance or, or technique to it, but this guy actually does add a lot of technique and traditional filmmaking touches to zoom squares which is i i liked it keep it's in mind also, here, like you said a story arc keep in mind here it's a zoom meeting so sometimes we're looking at all the girls squares on screen at once like if you're on youtube watching this all at once and at other times a character's individual zoom scare will take up the entire screen we don't do that on our show like some some zooms when I'm talking I'll take over the whole screen, mm-hmm. but uh, they I do they, that on my classes too. Like uh, if there's a you know if everybody's talking I'll pop out to gallery view, but when the professor's talking I'll pop on to the speaker view. Oh, can I do that here where I can just see myself? Well, it wouldn't just show yourself. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I like seeing, I like seeing the gallery view of of, of all of us. Well. Ceylon does return. She wasn't. Uh, it was her delivery guy. She wasn't consumed by the ghosty. She's wiping curry from her lips. And she asks that they all jump right back into the seance. Anybody contact any dead people yet? She asks. <laughs> like, dude, what the hell? All we did was say, is there anybody here? And your food got delivered. Boom. Did you guys make any contact while I was gone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, we did. Haley says she thought she felt a hand on her shoulder, but her very subdued reaction is overshadowed by Gemma, who starts screaming bloody fucking murder as she leaps out of her seat suddenly. Uh Uh-oh. And up comes the hand. She tells them, gasping for air, that she just felt a hand around her neck. Gemma's crying now, telling the group the pressure on her neck is almost unbearable. Ceylon calmly asks Gemma to call out and ask for a name of whoever it is attacking her. Hello? Is there someone there? Gemma asks as all the other girls lean into their laptop cameras with fear and worry in their eyes. Gemma says, 
she tells Ceylon, the name Jack pops into her head. He was a nice boy from school, grade school, who helped her once when she fell and cracked the back of her head open. He held her. She's breathing heavily. She's highly emotional. She wipes tears from her eyes. And she reveals later, years later. Tut jumped when Yak sneezed. Should have farted to cover it up. <laughs> Could have been anything. <laughs> she, uh, Gemma says Jack later in life hung himself. Right then, as Jenya, Gemma continues sobbing, a light flickers behind Ceylon, and boom, her internet connection goes dead, leaving just the five friends alone in the Zoom. They're all concerned for Emma, asking her if she's okay, she's hyperventilating. As Haley frantically tries to get Ceylon back on the phone, Gemma looks up into her camera and starts laughing. Uh-huh. You bitch. You psychopath, they yell at her when it's clear that Gemma made up the whole thing. She made up Jack. She made up the whole story. Her defense is nothing was happening. I felt like I had to do something to spice things up. What a good job acting. Yeah. For non- we never we never learned their jobs. Maybe Gemma is a professional actress because it was a really good performance. They're this all light flash. Did anybody else think that? It, it, to me, it happened so quickly. It looked when I when I first saw it. I I, I got to admit, I didn't go back and watch it again. When I first saw it, I thought something came at Ceylon, and she kind of looks up, and then and she the, looks over at it, and boom, it's gone. Yes, it, I. I it was so fast, but that's good filmmaking. If you don't go back, you don't know what it was. I went back. I've watched this movie three times, and you still, it's so fast, you don't get to see, Doctor, what it was or what happened. Uh, they're all relieved, and they finally kind of start to laugh it off. Just quirky Gemma being quirky Gemma, except for, wait for it, Haley. She's not laughing. She's a real a serious knob. business. She is a real knob sack. Am I right, Yax? You are correct. No, because she, Jim is disrespecting the seance. She storms off to pee, and all the others decide, much like we do every Zoom meeting, it's a good time to pee. When one of us gets up to pee, it's a good time for everybody to get up to pee. So they all get up to pee. They're just like us. But did y'all notice as they stand up and leave their laptops and cell phones, we see Gemma's candle get blown out? Did y'all see that? I did. Yes. Hello, Shaggy. That's not good. And then from here on out, I am watching it. Well, this time around, it's not going to be Old Man Carruthers who did it. They're going to pull off the mask and it's going to be a panda bear. It's <laughs> weird, right? Would have got away with it if it hadn't been for you damn kids. You meddling kids. Uh, Tut, they're on a potty break, so why don't we take a cigar break? You brought out the nub tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How the last third of the CAO session treat you? Uh, it did pick up a little bit, but not enough to where I really wanted it to. But uh, the earth flavors are really, really present in that last third. I really appreciate that. It's given the palette a nice little dry coating that I like. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's 
there's a hint of breadiness to it, and I think that might be the the dryness that's kind of kicking into it, but mainly just a ton of freaking earth flavors. Yeah, uh, leather and earth for me in the in the final third, and the strength did kick up a notch. I, I would not full, but medium full. Yeah. Um, no sense of the early uh, dark chocolate. I'm going to say very little sense of the prominent cedar that was there. Yeah, early. yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting that cedar hardly uh, at all. Just, just real uh, earthiness and leather. The, the pepper has been steady as she go. What are you laughing at? What? You're laughing at me. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm just, I need to turn off my screen over here because I keep looking at us, which is like, you know, a good five seconds or 10, 15 seconds behind us. I swear every now and then I'll see something weird. This damn movie. You're seeing weird shit. You're seeing panda bears. Just take it easy, dude. Take it easy. Uh, Yaks, are you comfortable at this point talking price point? Leather, earth, pepper, uh, kind of a transition as far as strength goes, but not much, you know. You got a a couple flavors here, but they all kind of came and went. And uh, are are you guys comfortable at this point talking price point? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tut, you first. Uh, I'll err on the high side. I'll go. I'll go ten fifty. Ten fifty. I think that if I saw this uh, at you know Smokers Abbey or something like that, and it had a ten fifty on it. I wouldn't buy, I wouldn't mind picking it up. I wouldn't think twice about it. You go next door to Redhorn, you get yourself a strong stout. Mm-hmm. You want a cigar with some earthy and leather flavors to just balance it out. You're gonna yeah. you would you wouldn't mind paying ten fifty for this bad boy. Yak boy. You actually smoke a lot more CAOs than Tut, and I'm pretty sure Smokers Abbey doesn't sell CAOs, so No, they don't. Uh but we'll go with that narrative. Uh, Yak Boy, Tut says 1050. What do you say? I'm gonna go. I mean, this is a little bit more specialty for them, but I'm still gonna go. I'm, I'm, I could, I couldn't go more than nine. Okay. Uh, right now, these are selling for 859 a stick. Eight fifty nine. CAO, CAO. <coughs> so I don't have the coronavirus. I promise. Uh, Eight fifty nine is what I was sneezing to cover my coughing. Uh, does that make it better somehow? No. Uh, no. no way whatsoever. No, it doesn't. Uh, dude, eight fifty nine for this. Uh, this this little. This it's not little. a bad price at all. Not also, what I heard was that I'm the winner of that because I was closer. I, I guess I guessed eight fifty eight. You son of a I think we, we had a drop in the internet. You missed me say that. Uh, but here's the good news, boys. These cigars were provided to us by General Cigar Company for review, but you can find them on sale right now at FamousSmokeShop.com. And by using promo code TNCC20 at checkout, you can knock that price down to six dollars and twenty cents a stick when you purchase a box. That is a damn good deal. You're I welcome. like it. 
You're welcome. TNCC20 is the promo code. And if you're too lazy to do enter TNCC20 in the promo code, all you got to do is go over to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club website. I know you have that bookmarked. And then click on the Famous Smoke Shop banner, and it will automatically enter that promo code for you. There you go. Good job, boys. Okay, back to the movie. It is an enjoyable cigar. I will say that. It is. It is. I, I, I honestly, I'm glad I got a hop forward uh, beer because if this was a, a run of the mill IPA, the cigar would have killed it. Yeah. Uh, I needed that. I needed that bolt. Uh, you know, they say 85 ABUs. I say 75 potato, potato. Uh, I need a strong beer to stick up with the cigar, man. It's, it, it's a bold cigar, especially in the, in the, late goings and i'm glad i had a a a strong beer to go with it yeah it was uh it was nice to get back into the uh dr realm for a little bit and a very surprising strength profile from a heavy dominican cigar yeah uh i'm good when the girls all reconvene at their computers and cell phones after taking a whiz sorry doctor they did not take the cameras in the bathroom with them when they took their whizzes well, I just don't know why not. You dirty little knobsack. You're the one who brought that up, knobsack. All hell breaks loose. Hey, that sounds familiar, too. Usually when we come back from a piss break, we all start fighting each all other. All hell breaks loose, yeah. Uh, uh. We're just like these girls. Uh, shit, t- shit tends to get crazy around here as our Zoom sessions progress. Haley tells Gemma to fuck off for not taking this seriously, like she asked them all to. And Gemma accuses Haley, you don't have a clue how to have fun. I was just trying to keep things fun. All the other girls are trying to calm the other girls down. Let's just get peaceful before Ceylon zooms back in. She She's not going to be able to handle this kind of hostility. But just then, Haley shoots across her kitchen backwards in her chair. Not like something you could do with your feet in a chair, like this. It wasn't like a Bruce Lee punch. It gets jerked like 30 feet. Her chair, her, her chair shoots back a good 10 yards. And she holds it up to show it's not on ropes or springs. Like, this shit actually happened. I love her reaction, and I love the reaction of the girls in this, because it's dead silence. You can hear a pin drop. She does not... She's got her arms out like this, and it's like in that shock, just. But, yes, it does shut everybody up real fast. But Haley quickly composes herself and sits back down because, you know what? This isn't her first seance. It's not her first rodeo. She's probably experienced some things like this before. So she kind of composes herself. She tells the others, we've clearly connected with something, and we need to communicate with it. Fuck that. Is anybody there? Does anybody want to talk to me? She says. Haley hears a rattling sound and she whispers for everyone to go into their Zoom settings and turn up their microphones, which we see visualized on the screen by turning up your microphone uh, volumes. Haley asks again if there's anybody there and we hear a hollow breath next to her as she quickly stands up and starts walking through her apartment with her laptop out in front of her. So we can see what she's doing. At this point, even goofball Gemma seems to be taking this shit seriously as fragile Caroline 
seems on the verge of either having a heart attack or a full mental breakdown. Both possibilities I thought Tut might have watching this film at home, out on his back deck. In broad sunlight, making sure I had good view of my yard. There was nobody coming up on me back to the wall. Uh, I'm not the saying girl, there wasn't a firearm by my side. The girls all bite their nails and nervously look on as Haley makes her way through the apartment, opening doors and following the faint creaking sounds. They all hear a loud thud and gasp, but Haley is quick to tell them that noise did not come from inside her house, causing all the women to look around their respective apartments in a panic. It turns out the loud thuds are coming from poor Caroline's house, the most fragile of the bunch. So she, her cell phone, and a selfie stick all head up to the attic where the noises seem to be originated from. Really good use of editing cuts here from the full-on shots of each girl burying their heads in their hoodies to a full zoom five-square shot, which I'll call master shot in this film when you yeah. see all five of them. Uh, and then back to each girl and then back to full shot screenshots of Caroline exploring her attic. I'm going to say it, boys. Who would have thought you could create pure traditional cinematic tension under the limitations of something like a Zoom-based environment. But my, God damn it, they did it. We're watching it, and I think they pulled it off really, really good. Yes. I, I agree. I, I was just, uh, on one hand, I am like scared to death because that's what I do during scared movies. Doctor doesn't agree. And then on the other hand, I'm just like, I can't believe that they were able to pull all this out of the frames. It was just very, very cool to watch. And, uh, sorry, sorry. It's not It's not that I disagree, and again, I hate to slam on this in any way. It's just that everything that you're praising this movie for was done in the initial Paranormal Activity movie. You felt like you've seen it before. I have seen it before. I know I have. Okay. Everything, it's the Zoom format is new. I'll give it that. But when we get into Caroline's selfie stick, or picking up the camera, picking up their laptop and moving off on their own to where they do become the center screen, then it's the same as this found footage. And all of the stuff that they're doing with the noises, the things moving, uh, and on a, on a shoestring budget too. I just saw it in 2009 in Paranormal Activity. Yeah, so it'd be, it would be kind of like if I had never seen a found footage movie before talking about how cool it is but then you're like well it's the same thing as Blair Witch because that is, is that is that is one of my one of my criticisms with found footage is that you, you there's only so much you can do with it you've seen it all before uh, I didn't see this as a found footage type genre though no and, and it, it will get you it's just the my pet peeve and, and I, I'm really going to keep coming back to it with this and the, the original paranormal activity movie from 2009 when the, you know, the camera never leaves the house. It's not really a pet peeve. It's that I'm all for trying new things with movies and trying to go in a different direction. It's that what you think of to me, my opinion is we're on a fun house ride. Yeah. An adult funhouse ride. It's not a kitty Halloween house or a haunted house. It's 
they're they're going to give you some terrifying images, and they're going to scare you. And I'll tell you, Tut, but I've seen a bunch of these. But even watching hosts, I'm still kind of on the edge of the couch because I know they're going to jump out and scare me at some point. They're going to try to get me with some images, whether whether it's a jump scare or with a scary image. I know they're going to get that. Yeah. But I just feel like in a way that other movies don't. It's going to lose impact the second time around because you've been on the ride. Yeah. The way that you could say, well, hey, you still like Halloween 4. You've seen that a hundred times. True. But this is designed for a one-time impact. It's not going to get you the second time around. And I just go back to Paranormal Activity. They do it well. I'm just saying it's been done before. That's the one thing that I do appreciate about the film, though, is that they didn't rely on that jump scare, sudden impact pop out real early on. I mean, there was a couple of it, and even throughout the movie, they 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 get yeah, into they, it somewhat once they, the roller coaster goes downhill. Yeah, they, but very sparingly, very they, sparingly. They, they do some false scares. Yeah, uh, which are nice. Okay, well, as Caroline sticks her selfie stick up in the attic and pans it around. Fuck no. Anybody else want her to die first just because she owns a selfie stick? Yes. Oh, she's a young girl. It's fine. We see nothing but the usual attic boxes, junk up in the attic, you know, stuff everybody has. But very briefly, as the camera swears left, we see two pale legs hanging from the ceiling. Boom. Not a jump scare, but boom. Dangling. But when the girls... But when the girls instruct her to pan it back, they're gone. The hanging legs are gone. Todd's turning this off and putting on Casper the Friendly Ghost. First of all, it's, if there's one place I'm not going in this situation, it's the fucking attic. Wouldn't you ask your old dad to go up there? He seemed game for anything. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Dad. Oh, wait. I can't find Dad. Get your old ass up there. Uh, when Gemma, of all people, the one who... By the way, where did the dad go in all this? He's downstairs sleeping. He's drunk. Or or masturbating. All right. Uh, when Gemma, of all people, who didn't take any of this seriously, seems genuinely freaked the fuck out and convinced that she saw something, Caroline races back to her bedroom, and they all tell Haley, get Ceylon back on the Zoom stat. They need a professional here to guide them on this. But before Haley can get the old biddy on the phone, she senses something watching her from the dark bedroom down the hall. And when she takes a flash photo with her Polaroid camera, the resulting pic, which she does the Polaroid, you know, shaking, it shows a ghastly image of a man hanging by a noose naked in her bedroom in the distance. The girls scream, Emma's beer glass suddenly shatters out of nowhere, and they all scream some more. I'm out. I'm so fucking out. Haley's able to get Ceylon on the phone finally. Real quick, Yak Boy. We haven't really talked a lot about the hippie Ceylon, the, the one who's leading this thing. You actually, your family has a history with contact with the dead. Am I correct? You are correct. Speak to it, my science advisor. My great-grandfather, his name was John. He was 
amongst his community a known medium. People who wished to commune with the dead went to him. And he made that happen. And suppose, from my understanding, yes. I mean, it wasn't really talked about in that sense. It wasn't just like widely, you know, if, if people had that gift or if they presented it as such, it wasn't talked about as much. Um, I was a infant and my great grandfather was still alive. There is a photo of me, him holding me when I was a baby. He, and you know, my, my, my father still talked, you know, he talks about him in that sense that, you know, his grandfather, John was just, sometimes he was a little different. For whatever reason, you know, that that's one of those things. Like what, that's why I say, you know, even now and when I jokingly, you know, respect the spirits. Next well, time I see your dad, I'm grilling him about this. I have <laughs> I am I've got so many questions. Oh, we will talk about it. Even now, I mean, my dad will say he's had those moments. Something. I'm just saying you know, there's it, a lot of stuff that can't be explained, and that's your answer. Did your did your well, uh, did did John ever talk to a panda bear? He possibly may have. I was not. I didn't know him. I was an infant, literally. But. That none of us saw except us. Uh, oh, yeah. y'all are ganging up on me. It's fine. I'm a big even, boy. Even, I can take even my this. father, you know, from time to time, he was like, you know, it's it's that same phenomenon you get when you, when there's a, a a you know a pet dog or cat. And they just stare in that corner. No, don't do no, don't go there. They that see was awesome. they, they see the, it. The cats see the panda bear in the corner. Don't awesome. go there. Yes. Okay. Well, there's a there's a lot of different stories, you know. It interests me. I mean, you've had so many people that have, have you know walked the battlefield at Gettysburg and have claimed that, you know, when it gets towards dusk, they've seen a Confederate soldier walk out from behind a tree and then disappear. And, and you just wonder, like, a lot of people have said that. And you just think that there's a preconceived notion because you're in this really special place on this hallowed ground that your mind can play tricks on you. You know, um, my dad uh, said that uh, he didn't see anything, but... Um, when he was in Germany decades ago, he went to Dachau and they took them into the room with the, the crematorium with the ovens. And so you go into this place and you know that scores of thousands of people have been murdered here. And so it, it's going to play tricks on your brain. And my dad, who's the least full of shit guy I know, 
he said he walked in that room and he said, I just felt wrong. He said something was wrong in this room. And he was like, I was like, did something tap you on the shoulder? Did you feel something swirling around you? And he said, it wasn't quite like that. He said, I just felt like I needed to get out of this room. I, this was a bad place for me to be. And he said, the minute they walked back out of the crematorium or back out in the sunlight, it lifted off his shoulders. And I'm like, that that's, there, there's probably a good psychological mental reason for feeling that way, knowing what happened in there. Yeah. But he was like, you know, yeah, he was like, but just felt like I, I just had this feeling like I shouldn't be here. I can't be in here. Um, so you never really know your mind can play tricks on you, but, uh, then again, I don't know. I mean, I, I believe in God and the afterlife, so I'm, I, I am going to respect the spirits uh, and uh, go back to square one, Tut. I am not going to take place in a seance or anything with a Ouija board. You count me out. Don't go asking well, for things because something's going to answer. Well, I think more, well, than, more than any of y'all, I have expressed my respect for the spirits tonight, and um, I think I'm safe. Well, like Nizzy said, you know, we, we don't talk about it, but even now, we, the, the, the concept of ESP or that extrasensory, even now we are emitting our thoughts, literally, energy is leaving our body. And those signals, some theorize that they can be, they can stick, they can, they can hold in a place. Because, I mean, literally, the, the, the concept of reading one's thoughts comes from the fact that we are emitting energy. Our bodies are shooting out energy. Mm-hmm. So... Okay, I just looked up. That energy can take a form. I just looked up. The name we saw on screen, Sam, Samuel, spelled weird, S-A-M-A-E-L, is Hebrew. It means venom of God, poison of God, blindness of God. It's an archangel who is the accuser, seducer, and destroyer in Hebrew uh, folklore. Although many of his functions resemble the Christian notion of Satan to the point of being sometimes identified as a fallen angel, he's regarded as a destroyer of sinners, but not Satan. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Well, we just saw a name on the screen. I guess somebody on YouTube got clever. Yeah, I'm just saying that you have a talent for backstory. It's fine. Well, as I said, Haley's able to get Ceylon on the phone, and she tells her that they've had some interesting, quote, interesting experiences since they were disconnected. And Carolyn is quite upset, and they'd like Ceylon's help in calming her down. That's the understatement of the century. Do you know what I would be like on this Zoom meeting at this point? Interesting experiences is an interesting way to put it. I would have started off the conversation with a photo I just took of the ghost hung by a noose in my bedroom, but that's just me. 
Or the chair that slid you across the room 15, no, 20 no, feet? No, we had some interesting experiences, and Carolyn's a little upset. Could you help her? Ceylon says, hey, it's good that you're having some interesting experiences. After all, that's why we're here. It's probably just Gemma's friend, Jack, trying to relay a message. To which Haley says, was it Jack, Gemma? Did you did you ask if it was Jack? Dude, she's such a tut style. Was it? Was it Jack? <laughs> well, they tell Ceylon that Gemma made up Jack. Oh boy. And Ceylon tells the girls that because Jack doesn't exist at all, they re- they really fucked up. Because that means they disrespected the spirits, and this isn't good. This isn't good at all, Doctor. Jaws style. This isn't good. This isn't good at all. Good. This isn't good at all. Wouldn't it have been classic if the old lady Ceylon called Gemma a knob sack? Fucking knob sack. Fucking knob sack. I just love calling people knob sacks. But what is good, she says, between bites of her delicious butter chicken masala she's feasting on from the Indian food delivery guy. No, no, no. They're, they're in situations really bad. Uh, by inventing this person that doesn't exist, they basically summoned a false spirit. They've created a mask to enter their world, and now anything can come through and wear that mask. If they're lucky, it could just be another harmless spirit. Caroline urges Haley, ask Ceylon, what if we're not lucky? Like, what does that look like? Well, then, it could be something demonic. Uh, uh, that's not good. Doctor, That that's not good. No, right? no de- demonic presences are not good. Ceylon, a devil? Ceylon a devil's said, backbone? Ceylon tells them has just sent out an open inv- invitation, and they need to shut this down right away. Way to go, Gemma, you knob sack. Thanks, Gemma. It's kind of like when Tut invited Sam L into our thing tonight. I did not. You're the only one that saw him. Y'all are all ganging up. Ha ha, look at Tut. Ha ha, it's fun. Did you guys see a giant panda bear? No. Doctor, did you see a giant panda bear? I saw a pink elephant in my living room, so I'm probably not one to ask. Just give it some vodka. He'll be all right. He seems to be resting silently. Ceylon has the girls ask in unison if the spirits have a message for them. And Haley's lights in her apartment flash. Ceylon says... Despite the girls screaming, that's a good that's a good sign. She then has the girls ask if the spirit is a friend, and all the lights in their home simultaneously frizz out, like violently frizz out. Like no. And Ceylon's cell phone is conveniently cut off again. They've lost the only communication with the one who can possibly help them. I want to I want to go ahead and inter- interject here. Uh, this from Ceylon coming back, I think is the weakness of this actress in this role. Uh, 
she plays a really cool hippie chick but like when shit's going down and there's a possibility of a malevolent spirit on the line if she has experience in this you would think that there'd be a little bit more urgency with her but they haven't been totally forthcoming with ceylon on what they saw they didn't mention the hanging polaroid video they didn't mention uh, okay all right i'll give it yeah i'll give her a break then they didn't mention Haley flying across the room in her chair they didn't mention any of the the hardcore shit to ceylon which is something that tut would have done immediately in a very girlish voice you won't believe what i saw there was a fucking dead guy hanging there it's up on the fucking shit Correct. Actually, you wouldn't see me. I would have been fucking out of that place. Now, everyone. I would have been, uh, been like a fucking coach and a poltergeist. I'd been down at the Holiday Inn. Now, everyone is shitting their collective yoga pants, especially Carolyn and Gemma. That asshole. But you know what? She is a great Gemma, a great movie asshole. The actress really nailed. Every part of her performance, from the one who wanted to send some emails early on to annoy Haley, who screwed everything up by making up Jack, to then transitioning to a believer and fondness. Gemma's the best actress in this movie. She's great. I liked her a lot. Bravo to the actress playing her. She 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 covers the span and she covers it well. I actually thought all the actresses did fine jobs. I mean, oh, they, they, no, they, were, they were all but, but they all had, brought their little their little takes on it. And I like they did, it. but Gemma had the hardest role because she had to play both the asshole and then the come comeuppance victim, yeah. and she had the most range, and she did it great. Haley tries to improvise things since Salon's not around from things she learned from previous seances. She tells them, "Imagine a rope around our waist." And we'll all apologize to the spirit for confusing it. And then we'll cut that rope, blow out our candles, and it'll all be over. But there's 20 minutes left in the Zoom meeting, so you know that shit ain't over. Well, once they turn their lights back on and ask the spirit if it's still there, and they don't get a response, they breathe a collective sigh of relief. For the first time tonight, they breathe, they're okay. Haley musters a smile. Well, it was exciting. Her first smile of the night. That's something my hungover ass would say to you guys the night after me just totally like taking you guys through some nightmare shit. Just get you guys into some major, major bullshit. And we wake up and I'm like looking at the repercussions. (laughs) I'm like, hey, that was exciting at least, wasn't it? Why is the doctor covered in buffalo wing sauce and naked? That's all part of the experience, honey. (laughs) It's not like we haven't been here before. You know, I when when she passed out on the floor of the Kentucky airport. Well, the girls swear never again. We'll never do this again. They swear, and I'll give you guys points. You boys would never be ignorant to make that statement after one of our adventures. I'll give you that. We're notorious for making the same dumb knob sack mistakes at least thrice. <laughs> I would make this one. We're, we're not gonna do it once, and we'll after the second time we'll be like never again. But dude, we're gonna make it at least three fucking times. Not this one. Ours don't involve D 
demons and seances. Well, you weren't at Cat's Fest too, Doctor. I, I was not. <laughs> You've got it. You've got the only it. demons I want is Devil's Backbone. The demon rum. Oh, no, that uh, Cat's Fest is about the demon maker's mark, I believe is where that got us. <laughs> well, Raydeen takes her laptop with her into the bathroom because she has to take a panic wee. All this has led her to take a pee, which makes all the girls laugh at that. But she turns the camera away from the toilet, so all we get to see is the sink. That's a big boo. That's a bummer. No, that's a... You know what makes me... You know what never makes me say boo, boys? What's, what's that? that? You know what's never a bummer? <laughs> what is what, what could never be a bummer? Well, that's right, Yak Boy. I'm talking about the Pappy Van Winkles Family Reserve Barrel Fermented Cigar from Drew Estate. This unique stogie is a long filler premium cigar rolled in limited quantities at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate in Isli, Nicaragua. Deep barrel fermentation is the key process that makes this expression vastly different from anything else on the market. Hand-selected leaves from Kentucky are packed into small torquettes or bundles of tobacco, which are then loaded strategically into oak bourbon barrels. Water is then added, while mince pressure is applied to the torquettes via railroad jacks. They don't do jumping jacks. They don't do Wolfgang jacks. God rest his soul. They don't do car little puny car jacks that you have under the seat in your truck. Railroad jacks is what they're pressuring these things with. The tobacco is removed two, three times per year, shaken out, then repacked. We've seen the process. It's impressive as hell. That process of fermentation takes 12 to 18 months, leaving a truly unique flavor profile and aroma. The Pepe Van Winkles Family Reserve Barrel Fermented is now available at every brick-and-mortar Drew Diplomat retailer everywhere. And if you survive the night and you'd like to smoke the unique pig-sized Vitola of the Pappy, head over to pappyco.com as that's the only place you will find the unique pig-sized Vitola. And Tut, somewhere in a humidor in my closet, buried deep down, I've got one for you. What? You don't, awesome. have, to, you don't have to go to Papico. I'm going to give you one. Oh, thank you very much. That's Just incredible. because you survived this movie and that weird panda bear. <sighs> I was yeah, just thinking no, that uh, my name. Uh, how you've got a pig for me? We we got him in Nicaragua, uh, Yaks. You were there with me. I I don't remember that. I fairly certainly <laughs> you need to give me a new one. Hashtag Tona Beer. We don't remember a lot from our wonderful Nicaraguan vacation because of Tona Beer. Tona Beer. I was just thinking if there was ever one stop that we made on our cigar journeys. I think Mark Henry, wait, Mark Ryan or Mark Henry? Mark Ryan. Mark Ryan. Mark Henry's a wrestler. I think that Mark Ryan's place is probably the place that would have the most ghosts in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we actually drove past and stopped at a lot of old southern plantations on the road to Mark Henry's tobacco farm. And there was a. Except for that one, except for that one building in Pennsylvania that we saw. That was just all creepy as get out. And that's where we saw the photo with Mincy in it. No, that was at, that was in Kentucky. That I mean, was in uh, Connecticut. No, that was at, no, no, no. The, the photo with Mincy, 1800s uh, doctor, 
was at the Lancaster Brewing Company. That was in the restaurant. Yes. That was my great, great, great grandfather, Robert E. Lee, doctor. I believe his, I believe his name was Samuel Mincy. He may have been. I heard that a lot of those guys dabbled around in the dark arts. Mm-mm. No, actually, uh, Samuel uh, was the owner of that plantation that Tut got out and pissed all over on the way home. He couldn't hold his bladder. And now he's coming that. back. And now he's coming back. Now he's coming back for you, Todd. I don't remember that. I don't disrespect the spirits. Don't disrespect the spirits. I'm like, you guys, you guys can hang out. Just don't let me know. And it'll all be cool. As the girls are all catching their breath and starting to somewhat have a laugh at this crazy experience they all just took part in. We watch as Radina's laptop camera makes its way. She picked it up around her small apartment room by room. Guys, she asked, did anybody else see Alan leave? She asked as her boyfriend is nowhere to be found. She calls his cell phone, but it's still there in the bedroom. But there's no sign of Alan. As Radina steps away to call Alan's brother to see if he went over there to loudly chop vegetables, the girls see Caroline re-enter her bedroom they were all taking whizzes. She comes out of the bathroom and starts digging through her sock drawer. And they quickly realize they're watching the Zoom background that Caroline created, her digital twin, uh, before the Zoom session. But just then we see a super fast image of Caroline's face smashing into her laptop screen before, it, vanish- before it vanishes one of the few jump squares. And before- very nicely done before it vanishes back to showing just the twin footage of her walking between her bedroom and her bathroom. And done in paranormal activity. Okay. Oh, boo you. I'm but, sorry. I'm just, I'm just telling you. <laughs> no, no, doctor, doctor, you're the only one here who saw it. So, okay. Yeah. But, hit us with it. But Gemma saw the bloody face impact. She was watching the screen at the time and she's horrified at what she thinks she just saw, but it was so fast. She can't be hundred percent sure. And Haley reasons, ah, her laptop probably just fell on the ground. She's fine. No. No, she's not, Haley. We then cut to goofy Emma's camera. You know, the younger gal who was playing around with Snapchat face filters earlier. And as she's taking her camera through her house, she enters her living room where there's a clear mask floating in the middle of the room. Did you guys ever see the 76 slasher film Alice Sweet Alice? No. It's very reminiscent of that mask. It's a clear stage mask uh, with touches of women's face makeup on it, like, you know, blush and eyeliner. Jim and Haley assume it's just one of young Emma's Snapchat filters she's put out there. But as Emma approaches it with bated breath, we, she reaches out towards the mask and it suddenly turns slightly in her direction before it disappears. Holy shit. That was a good scare and that is my favorite horror set piece in the whole goddamn movie. That mask floating in the living room. That was phenomenal. Doctor, don't tell me. Work. I like Doctor, that. don't tell me they did that in Paranormal ID. Oh, not the mask. <laughs> Just the next thing Emma does. Okay, well, Think I can see herself. I can see that. I love that mask scene in the middle of the living room. Oh, my God, that was good. So 
and sound sound design it was good because as she reached out to it you know that sound your cell phone used to make when you would get it close to electronics that zzz, 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 they insert that there as she approaches the mat it was i thought sound design wise that was a really nice touch well as Haley assures everyone else watching everything's fine we cut the imaginary rope around our waist and we blew out our candles. Everything is fine, girls. Emma grabs a bag of flour from her kitchen and pours it on the living room floor where the mask was hovering above. Paranormal activity. As her kitchen cabinet suddenly swing wide open with the contents flying out, we see footprints appear on the flour on the floor coming towards her. Big scene in paranormal activity with the power Gender- flour. Gemma and Haley scream for Emma to get out of the house, which she tries to do, but from the shaky cell phone in her hand, we see her body get propelled off the floor in the hallway and get pounded repeatedly in the ceiling before she collapses with her camera pointed directly up at the attic door. So that's a little connection to the attic from Caroline's house. Something happened in an attic somewhere. Doctor, you say the flower thing was done in paranormal activity? Yes. Uh, the boyfriend, whether it's whether it's flour, baking soda, whatever, he lays it down to get the footprint thing, and that happens. So it's cool. It's a cool thing. See, I would have been going to the pantry. I would have been getting the salt, and then I would have poured a circle around me. Because salt will stop the panda monster? Sometimes. But, Doctor... Could you could you say with some agreement that this is 2020? Your movie came out at 10 years ago. Maybe Emma is doing what she saw in Paranormal Activity. Uh, I think that it, it, it's a. If I'm going to be cynical, I'm saying Rob Savage decided that we're going to do this because it happened 11 years ago and nobody remembers. But she no, but she's a young chick, and she's she's kind of saying she didn't come up with that spreading flower thing on her own. Maybe she saw Paranormal Activity, which was a, a giant, huge movie, hundred million dollar box office. Yeah. It's possible. Sure, it's possible. Okay. Well, Emma comes too, and as the girls are reassuring her that everything is going to be okay. And as she's laying there, that Snapchat filter keeps like making her face into a lizard and making her tongue come out. I like that touch. I like the Snapchat stuff. They turn their attention to Radina's Zoom Square, where they see smoke billowing out of her oven in the kitchen as she has her back to it on the phone. She's still trying to find her boyfriend. They scream out to her to get her attention, but as she turns off the oven and bolts over the laptop, what? She says. I got a lot of shit going on here. What the hell do you girls want? Alan's dead body drops from the ceiling above her down on the floor. I don't know why, but I love that shot. I was just like, I loved it too. I thought it was really good. (sighs) Redina tries to run out of the house, but from her camera's perspective, we see her get dragged back inside, kicking and screaming until we hear bone snap and a flash of blood on her camera lens and then nothing. Her zoom square is just frozen on that image with a speck of blood on it pointed up at the stairs. And if you look, pointed up at the attic. Whatever demon they summon, some bad shit happened to it up in an attic. 
we keep going back to the attic. Before Gemma, Emma, Haley can process what just happened to Radine, Caroline's Zoom square becomes active again, as they can now clearly and repeatedly see her bloody face get bashed over and over again into her laptop screen as she gurgles for help. Oh my God, that was intense. Haley tries to call Ceylon for help as Gemma yells at her, this is all your fault. Haley says, no, this is all your fault. You didn't take this shit seriously. That, that's kind of a girl thing, right? I thought, no, I think that's kind of a human thing that where shit's just going nuts and you don't know how to process and you're just grabbing at anything that comes into your mind. It's the first thing that pops in. I mean, you're trying to rationalize things at the same time. You're trying to process all this bullshit. I just thought this scene worked really, really well. And that, her poor helped me. I was just, I was like, ah! I like that. Okay. And it all works well, but now that we can rationalize it, it is Gemma's fault. If you participate in a seance. Oh, yeah. It's your own damn fault. If you're not going to take it seriously and fuck around with it, you are the problem. I'm with Haley here, and I don't like Haley, but I'm like, no, you you did this. Yeah. It don't matter who did this. We got to deal with the dude. The one chick who knows how these things work said this was your fault. So I'm going to feel better by joining in and putting my finger in. (laughs) Because I don't want it to be my fault. Well, it doesn't matter when this dude's like going and killing everybody. I may be the host of this Zoom meeting, but that chick said it was your fault, so let's go with that. But Haley's phone call to Ceylon is cut short once again as Haley is thrust across the kitchen floor in her chair, this time knocking her ass around. She's slow to stand up, and when she finally gets to her feet, she's knocked back down by an invisible force and dragged out of the room with the kitchen door slamming shut behind her. Here's what I did like with this film. We mentioned It Follows, another spirit spirit film we did uh, the first time we did The Devil's Backbone, Rap Boy's Beer. That film seemed to change the rules on how their spirits worked to fit the story. Yeah. This film does seem to have some rules. The spirits can throw you around. They can make your cabinets. They can control you physically, and they do it repeatedly. But that's about it. I mean, they can they can manhandle you and your house and all that. And there's not a lot of leeway. They don't. They can't go through doors. They can't. I, I felt like they kind of established some rules for these ghouls and they kind of stick to them. Maybe. Maybe. That's giving me the shrug face. I don't know. Yeah, I mean... Well, I'm trying to think on later on whether they bend that rule. Want me to say it again? Go ahead. It was all done before. And... It was in paranormal activity. <laughs> all right, well... You know what? I'm going to need to watch... Insidious and Conjuring. I hate to watch those 15 movies before I give this movie praise. No, you you don't. I'm just saying that that none of this... I'm sorry. 
you don't need to, none of this is new. Only the aspect of it being on Zoom, which I'm, I'm praising, only the Zoom aspect is new. Nothing else that happens, none of the supernatural stuff, none of the rules that you're just talking about, none of that is new. That was all done 8, 9, 10, 11 years ago. The Damn Zoom it. I don't want to hear that, Doctor, because I want to like this movie. I want to praise it as original. All right, you want me to check out and say goodnight? No, no, stick around. We're almost done anyway. And I'm going to need your science expertise here soon. And you, Jack Boy, you guys, you guys of course, are. Of course, of course. Guys are my residents. Mention me last and after the fact. You, you don't hear it, but I'm telling you the truth. Gemma has to do something. She can't just sit there in her apartment and wait for what happened to all her friends happened to her. So she puts on her face mask. They're under quarantine after all. We wouldn't want her to get infected by something or infect someone else. And she sits out on foot, sprinting to Haley's apartment. We learned early on in the film they live very close to each other. I didn't I didn't know that she was going to Haley's at this time and I thought that this was the most smart thing to do is she's just get the stunt. she's going get, to like a subway or like a public Yeah, park. get out get out of the house. Yeah, the nearest McDonald's. Yeah, test the test these rules, man. Get what's to the, the holiday worst, inn. What's the worst that could happen at McDonald's? A bunch of quarter pounders slap you in the face? Well, you're dead Doc, if that happens. Doctor, 2017. We were there. <laughs> Gemma's Zoom connection cuts out, leaving only the trembling Emma active as she hides under her blanket. But not for long, as suddenly drunk-ass Teddy Zoom pops, pops back up. That knob sack got laid, and he's decided to check back in with the gals. And they reintroduce him in a really creepy way, which I'm sure really got to touch. Oh, it's like, you asshole. As the clown puppet he showed us earlier walks across his kitchen table in front Mar- of his laptop. Yeah, marionettes and, it in there. Scaring the living shit out of Emma and Tut, I'm sure. Yes. You shit your pants, didn't you? No, I didn't, but I was just like, you assholes. Uh, Teddy asks where everyone is. Come on, you fat bitches. Come on out. He's a party guy. As Emma <laughs> whispers, twat not up there. It's pretty cool. As Emma whispers, she pleads with him to get out of the house. The lights suddenly cut off in Teddy's house. And a Zoom message pops up on the screen, alerting them that the Zoom session will end in 10 minutes. And guess what? There's 10 minutes left in the movie. I like that consistency thank god they didn't pay the premium zoom price like we do they'd be tortured all fucking night long (laughs) we can zoom for like hours studio's not paying for a four-hour episode well via teddy's cell phone flashlight we see him encounter a demonic screaming face in his kitchen as all the furniture in his house starts flying everywhere violently out of the cabinets he bumps into another blue demon briefly as he sprints outside, where his girlfriend, Jenny, who's having a cigarette by the pool, suddenly gets thrust 20 feet in the air, where her neck gets snapped as it would from a noose, and she plummets down the swimming pool. That was an effect I didn't see. That was an effect shot I did not see coming. 
I didn't either, but to be honest, I almost checked out here. Uh, once you start, it's always a tough thing to do in a ghost story. Once you start uh, manifesting the spirit, then you start, you know, to me, you kind of like bend some stuff to where you almost start to break it. Amen. Hey, He's fucking with all these girls. He could do whatever he wants with them. Why wouldn't he be able to go out there and fuck with her? He can, but, you know, the whole showing of the blue face and the demon faces, oh, no, now no. I'm starting those, to... Those things threw me for a loop because I haven't seen the Insidious movies, but I've seen the demon from them, and it's it's a it's like a black makeup, kind of Darth Maul kind of... Uh, yeah. So... Very good description, very Darth Maul. But it's, yeah. it's just like it here where they're all sitting around talking and then it's meant to induce a jump scare in the first Insidious movie. They're all sitting around talking and then bang, there it is. Like like we're sitting here and all of a sudden it's right over my shoulder. Bang. Yeah. And that thought in the crowd of theater and everybody's like, ah! And you know, honestly, and honestly, Doctor, if I hadn't seen just the the screenshots from Insidious of that makeup cover demon maybe this would have had more effect kind of i guess i'm in your shoes now because you've seen this shit before in paranormal activity in these other films when he when teddy is trying to get out of his house and he stumbles over these demons if i hadn't seen the insidious darth maul demon i might think like oh this is fresh this is new like i have everything prior to this but when I when he stumbles over those demons, I'm like, so I guess is every paranormal demon just some dude in blue or black makeup? Yeah, and that 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 was my point is that once you start physically manifesting this thing, you take it out of my imagination, and I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, now we're in a movie. You it's might as well just, you might as well just had a panda bear down there. It's either the it's either the blue black Darth Maul or it's a wrinkled thousand year old white haired old lady. That's yeah. one of them. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Cade. Go back and watch the original Paranormal Activity. That's I have to. I have to now. I have to. You watch. You watch that when you're going to understand where I'm coming from. Okay. Well, Teddy tries to hide from the demons out in a tool shed, but once he sees the noose hanging from the rafters. And he hears his childhood music box start playing. Oh, you assholes. Those aren't good signs. Dude, my little girl, I have to crank up her music box every night to put her to sleep. There's no such thing as a music box that's not creepy. Except, no, the, I agree. except the kids. Uh, these aren't good signs. Teddy follows the light from his Zippo lighter towards the sound of the music and when he finds the music box on the floor of the shed he's knocked down suddenly and the flame from his zippo sets him on fire we watch as teddy burns it really sets his body on fire or rather i should say to we watch as poor sweet emma the lone zoom participant gets to watch him burn and scream and melt until his camera feed cuts out. I thought this was really well done. I, I, I just, was I the only one? Because I was just nope. like, dude, this is fucking intense. Dude is knocked out. And then when he comes to, he's on fire. I was just like, man, I thought it was just really well done, really well paced. I did too, Tut. And I've seen it all. 
But what I like about this movie, I'm going to talk about it in a minute. I like that every death is different. I like that every set piece is given its own kind of unique twist. I yeah, I, I love Teddy's demise. And I love that the minute his face caught on fire, it's not a, a horrible CGI thing where you see his face. It just, the camera cuts out and you see it. It was just perfect. I thought it was really, really good. So we're now full screen on Emma's Zoom Square. She's the only one left. And just then her bedroom door swings open. She can hear the floorboards creaking. She doesn't know what to do. So she grabs a blanket and throws it at the doorway where it lands atop the invisible figure standing in her doorway. thought that was good. Doctor, is that a paranormal? That, that actually was something I haven't seen before. That was pretty cool. I was, it was weird because going into this thing, I actually had the thought, I was like, you don't see, remember there was the scene in Halloween where Michael had the, the ghost sheet on and I was like, it's such a simple image. I wish people would make more use of just the ghost sheet. I think that that's a pretty iconic, terrifying deal. And they, they pulled it off great here. But I'll say this. I saw a trailer for the new Invisible Man movie, and I think she did that. Oh, did she? In that. Because I, I, I have seen this before, and I thought it was recent. I thought maybe in the new Invisible Man movie, she not only did the flower thing, but also the the blanket thing. Well, let me, but, let me go. Having said that, having knowing damn well before she threw that blanket that it was going to land over a human figure, it got me. Well, to let me go full nerd. If you're in a dungeon dragon setting and you're dealing with an invisible participant, you find dirt and you try to you know make it form by throwing dirt and flour or sheets at it. We, we can edit that out. His Dungeons and Dragons. I edited all that Dungeons and Dragons thing, so... Emma runs outside screaming, but her screams are cut short when her body is hurled through the air, crashing down, crushing through a picnic table in the backyard. Her big fluffy slippers, we see them just break. Dude, her body is toast. Adios, Emma. Hey, it sticks with the, the way these, the, these guys work through violent actions. It works. And I've seen a lot of ghost movies where not a lot of shit happens. I'm happy to see these clear. Oh, it's on the rails. Yeah, I mean, it's off the rails. I'm calling out right now Blair Witch. They didn't go there. They didn't go. It was all subtle. It was all hinted at. It was all. This movie just shows you these people fucking dying. And I, I actually prefer that. I think there's a place for both. But. You could have shown Emma throw that blanket over there and it come at her and then we just her zoom screen goes blank. Yeah. I like that they showed her get flung into that picnic table because that's anti Blair Witch, and I'm actually okay with I, I like that. Doctor, you do too. Yeah, and you don't you don't see, that is something you don't see in the initial paranormal activity movie. You see it in parts two and three. 
<laughs> the original, you don't see hardcore, blatant physical, the physicality is, and violence. The original is closer to Blair Witch in that regard. Parts two and three has it. Okay. <laughs> we cut to Redina, oh, sweet Redina, her Zoom square, which is still pointed up at the ceiling with blood splatter on it. We cut to Caroline's Zoom Square, which is still showing the video background of her digital twin walking in and out of her bedroom. This is a very carpenter. When tensions are high and bad shit just happened, he does those still cutaways to the stairs, the house. This is the guy who knows his, his horror movies. We then cut to Haley's Zoom Square, where we see no action at all from her kitchen but we hear a knocking sound then we hear glass break and Gemma enters Haley's apartment as she walks back towards the closed kitchen doorway we watch via Haley's laptop screen all this now is filmed via Haley got sucked away down her hallway this is all we're seeing is from Haley's laptop screen all the zoom window participants close one by one Teddy, window closes. Radina, window closes. Because when you close out a Zoom screen, it shows like a little still picture you choose for your profile picture. That closes. Emma, gone. Caroline, gone. All gone. Just as Gemma whispers Haley's name, see if she's still there, a wine bottle shoots across the kitchen and crashes against her head, knocking her out. Man, that's a great effect shot. It was a beautiful looking scene. And for some reason, boys, I'm not sure why, I thought the movie might end on that shot. It would be cool, but... I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad it... No, some movies would. I'm glad it didn't end on that. But it was a great... That bottle flying across and hitting her head, I was like... I honestly was like, that's where they're going to pull up the end credits. But they didn't, and I'm thankful for it. Gemma's a fighter. She climbs to her feet as Haley's kitchen cabinets explode, rain down Tupperware and McCormick seasoning canisters down upon her. <laughs> Did you guys see the McCormick's uh, Montreal steak seasoning rain down upon her? I, I, did, I did not, not notice that. So I get paid the big bucks. Haley's chair starts rocking back and forth too, teasing her. That chair has been a thing now, and it just starts kind of rocking, teasing her. We're here. Rather than run right the fuck out of that apartment the same way she ran in, Gemma decides to venture deeper into Haley's apartment. I know. I know. You guys would have run for the fucking hills at this point. But it's a horror movie, and a goddamn good one, because I haven't seen Paranormal Activity. <laughs> I'll allow it. Or, but I get, or Conjuring, or any of the sequels. But I get it. I get it. She wants to see if her one friend who's still alive, her one social friend who gave her a lot of shit during that Zoom meeting, Tut Me style, is still alive. Yes, your first instinct is to run the hell out of there. But what are you going to tell the cops? We're doing I ran a, the fuck out of there. No, you're going to tell the cops, we're, we're doing a seance, and all my friends are dead, and I swear I had nothing to do with it, but come on. 
I'll get a lawyer. We'll match the time of death. There's no way I could be in four places at the same time. Maybe you get me for Haley. I don't know. That's you assholes. That's not, that's not Gemma. She wants to help her one friend, which I would do personally. I would come try to help you guys. And guess what? As Gemma enters the bedroom, Haley crawls out from under the desk. She is still alive. She can't help her friend. Kate style. <laughs> they elbow bump. Quarantine style. You got to bump elbows. And at the elbow bump, they kind of laugh at it. Like all the shit we're in the middle of, we actually are still doing that. Dude, I thought it was good. We're so programmed now to not handshake or high five. And they're like, once they elbow bump and they kind of laugh at dude, I thought that was a very subtle, nice touch. Okay. Social distancing is important. Uh, and then they share an exhausted, terrified laugh right before the kitchen chairs start shifting again down the hallway. Dun, 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 dun. Reminding them that, oh yeah, there's a fucking ghost in here trying to kill us. Gemma. Oh, and the lights all go out. Gemma states the obvious. We need to leave right now. And Haley leads away with the flash from her Polaroid camera, which she snaps repeatedly as they make their way down the apartment's hallway. Doctor, you might remember this. A camera flash was used to a very similar effect in the first Saw film, where someone kept flashing it in the darkness in the apartment until Jigsaw finally on the last flash popped out with his pig mask. You remember that? I don't remember that. Uh, I only saw the first Saw film once. I, I do remember in Your Next, the chick using her cell phone to kind of illuminate the hallway. Well, in the first Saw, that's the only Saw, I, I think I watched the second one and I was done with them. But in that first Saw, there was a photographer who used his flash in the apartment to Gosh, find his way that. through. And that last flash, Jigsaw and his pig mask popped up. So I was like, I've seen this before. So now I'm, I'm on your trained doctor just like paranormal activity as soon as she pops that last flash i'm ready for it bam a screaming demon lurches out at them on that last flash and we cut to the zoom on-screen interface immediately alerting all participants their zoom time meeting has ended the zoom participants pop-up window opens where we see the film's credits revealed and I wish they would have stayed with that and done all the closing credits sticking with the Zoom motif. But with about a minute left, they cut to regular black screen credits to finish things out for some reason. I wish they would have done all the credits in – keep it all in Zoom. I agree. I was actually I was actually confused at this because I was yeah. like, wait a minute, who's who's operating this? What is what's going on here? And then I was then I realized it was the credits, and I was like, oh, that's pretty creative. I like that. Yeah, dude, they did all the credit, the initial credits in a Zoom participant. Yeah, the actors. But then they cut no. Yeah, that, no, there, there was some other stuff in there the as well. Guys, yeah. but then they cut to black screen. I wish they would have kept it all in Zoom, but whatever, they didn't. The end. I'll start with this, boys. I can't remember 
Doctor, you're going to have to temper your... <laughs> I can't remember... Maybe not with this with this point. I can't remember a horror movie in recent memory that had that kind of nonstop action in the last 15, 20 minutes. Doctor, I know you're more familiar with these ghost films than we are, but I mean, this fucker didn't take its foot off the gas at all in those last 20 minutes, and I respected the hell out of it, especially with each set piece, each death being very dissimilar from the last. Last year, uh, had a really fun alligator creature feature, Crawl, which was pretty damn nonstop as well. But I can't remember any details about that film a few months later. I remember it being really nonstop and impressive, but I'm confident that I'll remember this movie for quite a while. The last 20 minutes of this film were just balls to the wall intense. And it's something that's very relatable because it's something that we're all, it's a platform we're all on, you know, daily almost. I'm on, I'm on Zoom every day. I, I've, I've got three Zoom meetings tomorrow. Yeah. Well, that impressed the hell out of me. Obviously, this film is being compared to the Blair Witch Project in that it's, you know, its unique approach to storytelling. And I have no hesitation. Doctor, this has nothing to do with paranormal activity or anything. This puppy outdoes Blair Witch in every single facet of filmmaking. It's not even close. I put host above Blair Witch every in every category. I won't argue that. I'll just go back to the point that it's a fun house ride. The first time I saw Blair Witch Project, I was frightened. I don't think I slept that night. I was scared. And then the second time around, I saw it, knowing what was going to happen or not happen. It didn't have nearly the effect on me. And I disagree with this film because I, I watched it three times. And I was still kind of on the edge of my seat that third time, which I never was Blair Witch. I think that it, it's going to be difficult, I've said, to go back and watch Paranormal Activity. Really now the first two, I would say, because uh, the first one is very subtle and the second one has more of the shit really hitting the fan with people getting jerked around rooms and thrown this way and that. But... I saw those movies so long ago that I think if you go back and watch them this weekend, even you might disagree with me, but it's be, I just, I watched this and I'm like, here we go. You know? And I'm like, I'm on, on the edge of my seat. I'm like, they're going to scare me. And when some of the stuff happens, like when Radina's boyfriend drops down, uh, you know, I, I jerk in my seat because it's a human reaction to it. It's just a human reaction. But at the same time, it was scary. I'm like, but I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know when. I'm like, they're going to inject some frightening images. It's going to be a jump scare to, to, to the credit of host. They don't rely on the jump scare to the very end of the demon faces. The insidious demon faces. Which yeah. Done before. 
but they, they, they don't rely on that, but there's going to be some scary images. We're going to come right out here and get you. And I've, I've just, I've been there a long time ago. They do it good and it's a good ride. I'll have to take your word for it, Kate. I'll have to watch it again. But because I've, I feel like I've been on that ride with Paranormal 1, 2, 3, and Insidious, I feel like I've been on that ride. It still got me. It still really got me. I just, I just don't know if it will get me again a second or third time because I've been on that ride many, many times before. But this movie got you. I, but I, I feel here, – here's my conflict, okay? My conflict is it's a gimmick. It's a gimmick that works like a funhouse. So, so if it's valid. If it's going to get you, if you've seen all the other movies, then you still have to say it's valid. But it's getting me with a theme that I've already been through. It's just like, okay, it's a new year. It's a new funhouse ride. I'm going to go on. It's going to get me. I, I know it is because I've been on the ride before. And then, okay, yeah, but to me, it, it's just, I'm sorry. I like the execution. I like the way it's done. But there's just nothing original. I've been on this ride before. This was just a different one. I know it's going to get me. I mean, we're afraid of the yeah. dark. We're afraid of it's going to jump out. That, that's just a human nature. It's a human. Yeah. Nature. And I get, and I guess maybe I can get that. I guess maybe we gave without seeing those movies a lot more uh, credit. It's kind of a bad word. Uh, maybe. I gave this movie a lot more, yeah, credit for scaring the shit out of me. Maybe if I had seen those movies that you've seen, I would have seen a lot of these things. But, but, but when someone sees the Halloweens or the Friday 13th, and then they watch a slasher movie, and they're like, I saw that coming a mile away. We, yeah. we do that all the time. I haven't watched any of these over the last two decades paranormal films because that's not my that's not my bag. It's some something I'm right. into. So I was just impressed as hell by everything I was seeing. So that's my whole thing is you're going, that's just something I'm not into. If you had seen even even just narrowed out of two movies the first two Paranormal Activity movies. If you just seen those two, I'm not saying you're still not going to enjoy Host because I enjoyed it and it still has an impact because of the, the atmosphere it creates. You're going to be far less impressed by any any of the stuff that happens because it happened in those two movies. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's some quotes from the director that I found interesting as far as the process of making tonight's film. Because without having seen those films, Doctor, that you're referencing, the paranormals and everything else, I I did what I rarely do. I did some digging. And I, I thought this was really cool. The director said, each actor only knew what was going to happen to them. One thing we did schedule-wise is we put all the big stunts all the big set pieces, all the big scares right at the very start of production. We went individually with all the actors and filmed their scares, their deaths without telling the rest of the group. 
I was then able to take that footage, edit it together, and add all the spooky sound of sound effects. Then when we started working with the whole group, I could pump that footage into Zoom and have them react in real time as though their friends were actually dying in front of them or getting dragged around. All this stuff they had no idea was coming. A lot of what you see on screen is genuinely the first take of actors witnessing these horrible narrative moments unfold. They're all massive scaredy cats as well, these actresses, so the reactions were totally enforced. So he filmed all their deaths first and told them not to tell the other girls. Yeah. So when, when they when the other girls would watch it on Zoom, on Zoom, they had no idea what was happening to each other. And that initial reaction is what he captured. I thought that was the a brilliant way to do it. That's cool. I like it. I like it. Here's what else he said. A lot of the cinematography was set. If I wanted something specific, I would film it on my cell phone in my flat. That's what they call apartments in UK, flats. And send that video and explain why I was moving the camera in the way that I was. So I basically acted out the film on my cell phone here and then sent it to them so they knew how I wanted the camera to operate. I worked with them a lot in advance in advance of the shoot to pick out the scariest angles of their houses. So he would look at their house video because they're in quarantine. They, he, he can't go to their house. Yeah. But he'd have them film their house and then he would film on his cell phone how he wants them, these actresses, to hold, hold their phones. And I thought that was really... That's ingenious. That's yeah. the way, that's not only the way to do it, that's ingenious in that these girls are actresses. They're not cinematographers. So you know what? At this point, when you're saying this, I want you to move your camera here or your laptop here. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's tough that's, to do, yeah. too. This wasn't just turning on the Zoom thing and, and, and going through a script. This is a director actually finding a way to direct these actors in a Zoom setting. Yeah. Here's another one. I was able to monitor via Zoom call, but we were very scared of the internet cutting out. We've experienced that. During a good take or an expensive stunt, there's not a single Zoom recording in the final film. Which that shocked me because I, I I thought there was a lot of actual zoom. No, we got the actors to velcro their phones behind their laptops so that their cell phone cameras were poking over the top. But Emma, for some reason, always positioned it way too high, which is why she spends most of the movie lower framed. It also meant on zoom I was seeing. On Zoom, he was seeing her full face, but when we watched the movie, if you look at Emma, she's always really yeah. down low. I got the footage back, and it's just her eye I'm seeing, right at the bottom of the frame with all the negative face. I wouldn't even thought to do that, but it worked for her character. It's these amazing miracles that happen when you're shooting something off the cuff. So, dude, they all shot this shit with cell phones 
Velcro to their computers, none of anything we watched tonight was actually filmed on a Zoom right. screen. Yeah. He filmed it all separately and imposed it on a Zoom template. Yeah. Which is the way I would have done it because I'm lazy and I wouldn't have thought <laughs> of doing it like this. But dude, no, he gave them all direction with his camera told them how to do it, and then he did these huge special effects shots, like Jenny getting hung above her pool, all these death scenes, played it at the perfect time for the girls to react to it. Dude, a lot of thought went into the construction of this movie. I think so, and I think it shows. There's no no denying that um, everything I'm talking about is just thematically... Tut, when you were like, when I made you watch this film and you were, you know, whatever, you were like, for the first time in a long time, I'm really curious to get y'all's take on it. As horror fans, did you think we would shit all over it? Or did you think we would actually, like, were you expecting, what was your expectation of me and Mency coming in this middle? I kind of thought, I I was kind of curious because... Y'all have seen so many movies to where, you know, it's kind of like the doctor's take on it. You know, it's cool, but I've seen it before. And that's kind of where I was like, you know, how much of that's going to be prevalent as to, you know, because I thought it was just so creative to take what's going on in modern times and twist that into a movie the way that he did. Uh, I I just thought it was really kind of cool. And I just thought it was kind of tough in terms of, and acting, cinematography, getting all that shit together. And I was just kind of curious as to whether y'all would actually see the the technical aspect of the film versus the, well, it's just a go, you know, when you strip all that away, it's just a ghost story. I think you probably got a mixed reaction because I think you got the doctor who has seen a lot of these films, and then you got this horror guy who hasn't watched a lot of those films, who thinks this thing is great. Well, I mean, it's just, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of like, it's kind of like music when you hear a song and you're like, Oh, this song is great. And then some, you know, grizzled veterans like, yeah, that was done in the 1980s by this guy. Listen to this guy. And then you're like, Oh crap. It's almost note for note. Yeah. But my God, I haven't watched a horror f- and I watch horror film a week. Not just for the podcast, hoping to find something cool. I watch a horror film I have never seen a week. Every week, every year. I just love horror films. And this thing impressed the fuck out of me. I loved it. I loved the way he worked with the Zoom format. I loved the way that he took pause with certain scenes i love the way he gave intent to certain cuts i'd love to see this director make a slasher film with these actresses because every slasher film has a group of friends who you would never think they were friends in real life and this guy clearly has an ensemble of actresses who he could do something great with this thing gets nothing but thumbs up from me I give it a big thumbs up. And again, I'm not, I'm not anywhere. I'm not even a horror novice. Uh, I just don't watch these things for obvious reasons. And I, I enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun ride. I thought the pacing was cool. 
I liked all the actresses involved, and you know, I I, I just enjoyed it, even though it scared the absolute bejesus out of me. I still like. I love that Gemma was the greatest actress in the bunch, and we see her go from total asshole to total hero. I mean, that's a great arc, and she pulls it off. And I don't know. This movie had a lot of things that worked for me. Yak Boy, thumbs up or thumbs down? Did you like it? Thumbs up. I did like it. It. In certain instances, like with what you know the doctor said, you could tell that they were pulling from other sources, but it was new in that nobody else had really done anything from the aspect of, of the current aspect of Zoom and how we are using it everybody's using it so it, it it gets points for originality for that but they obviously you know just like anything else they drew from other sources to use a new medium so I mean you know we everybody does it I mean they're yeah. Even yeah. when someone says, hey, we do something new, but they, I mean, they're always influenced by previous, regardless. There's, yeah. no, there's no shark movie that hasn't been influenced by Jaws. Right. Correct. Right. Um, but I, this is one of those weird circumstances where I haven't seen Jaws. And I'm just seeing the there, movie. There is no Jaws for this. There, there, there is, there isn't well, a Jaws. Well, 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 like you said, Doctor. I mean, Paranormal Activity is would be its Jaws. Would be its Jaws, and I haven't it's, seen. It's a, it's a terrible approximation. I mean, there's it's Jaws. I'm just saying. It's, no, it's but, but dude, every Jaws, every shark movie is based on Jaws. Every ghost movie, maybe over the last two decades, is influenced by this giant blockbuster that was Paranormal Activity, and I haven't seen it. I think it's a fair. I think it's a fair point to say. Eh, I haven't seen the Jaws of Ghost movies. There, there isn't one. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying that. I, I, I give this a thumbs up too. I give Host a thumbs up too. I'm just saying if you'd seen the first two Paranormal Activity movies and Insidious, you would not praise this as highly as you have. That's my point. I still give this a thumbs up. The the whole zoom aspect, the way he directed the actors, uh, fantastic. That that's that's really took a lot of ingenuity. I'm just saying, if you'd seen just to limit to those three, Paranormal one and two, and the first Insidious, that you you would praise this less than you have tonight. Uh, okay. okay. Well, Doctor, my last question is for you. As a diehard fan of the genre, do you think we should normalize 60-minute horror films? With today's streaming services, are you cool with throwing out the old-school traditional rules regarding running? This movie is 57 minutes. Are you cool with throwing out the traditional running times 
and just letting the story dictate the length. Are you cool with movies being 45 minutes long? That's a movie. Does it really matter what you call it? I mean, it, it's in it's in the end result. I mean, let's look at it like this. The to switch uh, to a different art form. This felt like a movie to me. Take take Stephen King. Okay. You have books that he's written that are 700, 800 pages long, even longer in some instances, that are fantastic. You have what he would call a novella, like The Mist, which is about 150 pages, which is fantastic. And the guy has written short stories that are 30 pages long that are fantastic. So he can call it short story, novella, novel. I mean, do you need to categorize it? I mean, but I mean, let, let, let's, difference. What, I, what I'm asking is for years, 90 minutes was a movie. Anything less than that was a short film. And in this day and age with Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, you're getting away with breaking those rules. I don't have no, a problem with something. In, in no way, in no way was the host at 57 minutes coming to theaters. No. But, but hey, hey, you know what? When are we going back to theaters again? I got no problem with that. No, but what I'm asking you is as a would I would I pay seven dollars to go to a movie that's only an hour long? Yeah. Sure. I think if it's I a if it's a good yeah if it's a good ride good. I mean it's good if it sucks it sucks I think at, I, at the end of this I didn't feel cheated because of I'm the not, runtime I'm not I'm not walking out of the theater saying I can't believe I paid you know thirteen bucks for a well, seen some popcorn to watch something under an hour yeah it's I good, think he, good. He, he also followed the. The typical Zoom format, they're only on there for a limited amount of time. Which he actually, they stick to because you get like a 45-minute free Zoom. And if you watch the initial, well, they kind of break it because the initials, they don't count the initial stuff, the girls chatting and all that. Right. When they start the seance, that's what starts the the thing, which that's not how it works. But it works thematically but i mean regardless of the amount of time it doesn't matter well the the amount of time doesn't matter a story if it's good 10 minutes 20 hour and a half two it doesn't matter whatever it takes to tell that story that's just the time I agree. If it's good, if it's good, it's good. I agree. I think so too, and I think maybe that's one of the few things that's come out of uh, streaming and the quarantine and everything else is this: take your time to tell the story you need to tell, and let it fall where it may. You know, and I think maybe those old school limitation a movie's got to be ninety minutes. I don't want this thing to be nine minutes. I think it did great in 57 minutes. Uh, and it felt like a movie. It felt like a fully told feature film in 57 minutes. Um, 
So, okay. Well, folks, um, this is certainly something different than we've uh, brought to your eyes and ear holes the last few weeks. We've been doing some uh, 80s, 90s TNA stuff. It's summertime. That's fun, but I saw this sucker and I, I had to drop it in, drop it in, and maybe we'll go back to that for the rest of summer. Maybe we'll stick on this train with doing new quirky shit for the rest of the year. We'll see. Uh, but thank you for listening to us. Thank you for watching us. Thank you for still being alive. We appreciate you. Uh, Tuck, give us some links. All right, so if you want to buy that beautiful Session cigar that was featured on the show tonight or any other cigars that they offer from FamousSmoke.com, first join over to uh, TuesdayNightCigarClub.com, click on the Famous Smoke Shop banner, and do your shopping from there. It will automatically enter the promo code TNCC20 that gets you $20 off your purchase. That is almost 20%. That's uh, what the math major in me is saying. Also, if you're going to do some uh, shopping on Amazon, click on the Amazon banner at the TuesdayNightCigarClub.com. Do your shopping from there. We get a little kickback. Doesn't cost you anything extra. Helps us keep the lights on. If you want to join us on Twitter, at TNCCCast. Hit us up on Instagram. See all the beautiful photos at TNCC underscore podcast. Obviously, join us up on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. Click that subscribe or pound that like button. Tut, if they want to get that Stogie Stasher humidor that we feature earlier in the show, where would they go? Groovygifts.com. No. Groovygifts.com. No. Groovygifts.com. Groovygifts.com. There you go. GroovyGuyGifts.com. Uh, fellas, thank you for uh, taking time out of your work week for doing what we do for free to entertain the masses. Uh, I know we all have our own respective lives here, and uh, I think we had I had fun night. Did you guys have fun night? I had a blast. Blast. Except for when that demon showed up and talked to Tut. Uh, which we'll figure that out somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in two weeks, we'll be back here with, I don't know what we're going to be back here with. I didn't think we'd be back here with a weird horror movie like this, but I loved it. And I'm going to, without seeing the predecessors, I'm going to say, I love this movie. And I really, really uh, encourage you to go to Amazon to shutter and watch it. Uh, it was very well done. I'd like to see this guy make some more movies. So uh, go out and watch Host 2020. Go out and smoke the CAO session. Uh, it's It's got a couple different flavors going on. And they work well together. And it's a good price point. Uh, drink some of the beers we talked about tonight. Um, well... You've heard what we had to say about those. (laughs) And as always, I will leave you with this. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Sayonara, motherfuckers. We'll see you in two weeks, and we'll do it twice as hard and twice as nice. Good night, assholes.
learn more about the time I dropped into a random Zoom meeting unannounced, sans pants, hey, it's hot outside, only to be told unanimously by the Best Buy customer service meeting that I found myself in the middle of, that not only was my penis not welcome, but I wasn't either. Well, that's the entire story really, there's nothing else to learn. I suppose because I don't work at Best Buy, and maybe the whole penis thing, I guess I just threw those Geek Squad nerds for a loop. Jealous much, you nerds? Anywho, to learn more about the cigars enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit caocigars.com. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'Brien'sTemple.com and download their free smartphone app, where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying, until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky. And for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well.